0: Hey guys, this is Ralph Macchio. Hey, what's up y'all? This is William Zapka. You're listening to Cobra Kai Companion, the podcast.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion and I am Peter.
2: And I am Brianna.
1: And that's it. No Tom today, uh, because this is a huge episode. Uh today Brianna and I will be discussing our thoughts on the newest official trailer to Dojo's One Fight. Uh if anyone listened to the previous episode, which was an interview with the big three they told Tom, hey, this is probably one you want to avoid because of spoilers. So uh, that is also a warning to you, the listener. Uh, this is going to be spoiler-filled. Uh, we don't know much about what's going on in Season 2, but our speculations could be potentially spoilers. So if that's something you want to avoid, this may be an episode you want to uh, check out of.
2: I would agree wholeheartedly. There's a lot in this one.
1: Yeah. So Brianna for those that may have not um you know heard the episodes you were on, you recently joined me, uh you and Carrie joined me for C2E2 to, to recap your guys' weekends. Thank you for that, because you guys shared some amazing stories, and Carrie also got some uh, voice clips. I'll go ahead and tease it, you know, from Billy and Ralph uh, that I inserted into those episodes. Matter of fact, since this is not an interview, you guys probably heard those in the new intro as well. So I kind of have two, because if there's an interview and they record their own intros, it sounds weird having Ralph and Billy come in after that.
2: Uh, yeah, I would agree. It would kind of stomp all over whoever that actually is.
1: Yeah, because I tried it, and you know, I I think it was might have been Josh or or John that says, you know, you listen to Cobra Kai Companion, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, it's Ralph. <laughs> you know, this Billy. It sounded really, really weird. So, you know, uh, the interviews will they will be the the old. Uh, intro, and then if it's an episode like this, they'll have the intro with Bill and Ralph uh, opening up the episode. So, uh, so there we go. Uh, and then you came back on two other episodes. Well, I guess this is a two and one, right? This is your third appearance.
2: Yeah, it's it, well, this is the fourth recording, but it's only the third episode because the the other two went together.
1: Correct, and the first one was. Uh, you, Tom and me and we talked about the Miyagi-do. What was it called an OG returns from the karate kid? Yes. Yeah, so that was a like a little sneak peek, you know, following the uh which cobra would you rather be with um the cobra kai. And then you, uh, in that same episode, you came back and it was just you and I uh, talking about the Fathom events, uh, 35th anniversary of the Karate Kid, and also a sneak peek exclusive clip, or extended clip rather, uh, from something we saw in the teaser. So go back and yeah. check those out. And I, I'd imagine everyone's watching these. I, I, again, if you're listening to an episode like this, you've seen those episodes.
2: Yeah, most, most likely. It, seemed, it mo- Most people... Like, if they're following the react channels, they're listening to all of them. If they're following the trailer channels, you know, podcasts, they're listening to all of them. Once you decide to go down this road, you just kind of eat everything you can.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you're trying to avoid certain things, there's no reason you should be listening to this because this is the big one. But uh, speaking of. Big I guess, you know, I guess that's kind of a segue. Uh, the big three, so you have been on both sides of uh, of the show here as a listener and as a uh, a guest host. What, what did you think about that interview?
2: I, I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. first of all, just the the honor I guess of, of getting them to agree to come on first of all kind of blew me out of the water uh, that you got them. so congratulations for that and then the interview itself. Um, you know, it started out sounding just like any other interview at the beginning, but then as it went on and they got more comfortable with you and you got, I don't know if you and Tom kind of got over your nerves a little bit. I would have been an absolute nervous wreck, either babbling incoherently or not making a sound the entire time. But as everyone got, you know, more comfortable with each other, it just, it flowed so much better and it became more of a conversation than, you know, an interview. Here's the question. Here's the answer. Here's the question. Here's the answer.
1: Oh yeah, I, yeah, I, I have it on a recording, but I specifically told Tom, cause I had to, I had to call all three of them in, uh, individually. And before I made the first call, I told Tom, like, my heart was racing. Like, <laughs> I told, I told him I might pass out before any of them actually picked up.
2: I would have been absolutely terrified. <laughs> I, I could never have done what you two did. Never.
1: And also uh, inside baseball, because I know a lot of listeners like, uh, you know, kind of behind the scenes stuff. This is actually our second attempt at this episode.
2: Yes, yes, we we will have a, a, um, let's see, a, a mystery lost episode forever and ever.
1: Definitely lost in the ether. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, we spent two and a half hours the first time around dissecting this trailer. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think it'll be as long because I, I think you know after running it down the first time and uh, you know some misinterpretations on my part and not looking at enough of the of the frames to kind of get a better idea. I think. I think this will flow a little bit better.
2: Um. Yeah. Because. Let's not even mention the futility or the complete over futility, I guess you would say, of um, having a two and a half hour episode about two hours or two minutes and twenty eight seconds.
1: I mean, I think it's only fair. It, it's a, it's a minute. We spent a minute per second on the trailer.
2: No, I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> no.
1: Okay. All right. No. Well, Well, uh, do you have any other housekeeping? Do you think, or do you remember that we even discussed before we do- dove into the trailer?
2: Um, well, uh, I believe yesterday we started out by talking about the final scene, which I don't want to talk to until we get to the end.
1: That's fair. And also, um, you just reminded me that we also kind of discussed what, uh, the ongoings, uh, when the trailer dropped.
2: Oh yeah. Um, uh, the way that, the way that we both got around to, to watching them. Yes. Um, I was at the doctor's office with my kids and I didn't. You know, I, I was driving back from there. So, of course, I'm not checking my phone because I'm driving. And we went to my husband's office uh, for a little bit that, after, that that morning. And as the garage door was opening to let us into his warehouse, um, I got a message from you on my phone that said, oh, my God, that trailer. <laughs> and I had no idea that it had dropped. It was like 1113, I think, that I got that message from you. And I pulled up my phone, brought up YouTube, started it playing. As I walked into the garage, I made it about three steps in and I just stopped and stood there screaming, clutching my chest, grabbing my head, hurling obscenities every which way. (laughs) And when the final scene happened, I I stepped back so far, I almost threw myself to the ground. Oh my goodness. Which I'm very good at, apparently. That seems to be like a common reaction for me to throw myself to the ground. So
1: I, I, I remember DC2E2, uh, yeah, recap of watching the exclusive clip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And biting Carrie's Yeah, sure. And it would have
2: been, exactly, it, it, biting Carrie's finger. Um, <laughs> but it would have been the same thing because it was a garage. It was another concrete floor and my knees, and it would have been a very bad thing.
1: You got to so. stay away from those concrete floors.
2: I really do. Yeah. I really
1: do. Yeah. Uh, well, for me, I have notifications on, on the accounts that matter, you know, the ones that break everything and the important people to follow, quite frankly. And uh, I'm in the middle of training somebody at work and we're loading up our vehicle and immediately I get a notification. And lucky for me, I have a watch that I could just look at so I don't need to pull out a phone my watch you know has the notifications and it was either uh, John Hurwitz or the official Cobra Kai account said hey here here it is and as I do I immediately pull out the phone copy the link share it in our group so that way people can start talking about it in that thread and you know not have like 10 other posts of the of the same video And I also sent it to Manager Jeff and Supervisor Seth, who are also fans of the show. Uh, Shout-outs to them because they always want their 15 seconds of fame. Right. So I send it to them, and I continue training the new trainee, loading the vehicle, and then we go back to the station to put away our, our equipment. Well, Manager Jeff meets me out on the dock, starts to light up a cigarette. It's like, so did you watch it? I go, no, man, I'm training the new guy. And He's like, you need to watch it. I'm like... Well, you know, if the manager's going to tell you to go ahead and watch it right there in front of him, you do that. So, and, uh, and, and I don't think I mentioned this yesterday, but this is also the same guy who just a few days ago, or at least prior to, um, the trailer dropping, he told me that he thinks that season two might be underwhelming. He thinks that too much is kind of, uh, I don't know if it was the promotion or whatever, but he felt that he might get let down, but, as I was watching the trailer and, you know, I was making comments like, oh, hey, we got to see Dimitri and things of this nature. So I was kind of like giving my uh kind of outside narration as I was watching and I see him smiling and looking at me. And at the end, I was like, that's pretty good. That's a pretty damn good trailer. And he, and he was like, man, I didn't think, it, you know, what? this has got me excited. So it got everybody excited. Unfortunately, I couldn't, you know, watch it again because I'm on the clock. So... You know, I continue training the new guy and I didn't watch it again until lunchtime. So, um, I really didn't get to binge until like after work, really. So, but it's, it's an amazing trailer. Uh, at this point, I, let me see. I've, I've probably watched it at least 20 times, which is not nearly, uh, a lot compared to some other people out there. Uh, uh, Brianna, how, how many, um, how many times have you seen it?
2: Okay. My best guess as of yesterday, um, because somewhere around 30 or so, I had lost count, and that was on uh, Thursday morning, or no, Friday morning, Friday morning, I was around 30, and I had lost count, so I was figuring it was around 100 by, you know, 5 o'clock yesterday afternoon when we were recording the first time, and when we got done, I was like, oh, this is great. It's all in the can, and I can go watch all these reaction videos I've been putting off. And I watched like 30 of them between 8 o'clock last night and 4 o'clock this morning. So I'm probably around 130, 140.
1: American numbers?
2: Yes. No, Roman numerals.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. So not as much.
2: Um no, no uh, uh, American Arabic numbers uh, at least 140 times.
1: That is amazing.
2: That is pathetic. That is not
1: that that is a great obsession. You know, it, that that's that's how you do it right, people, for sure.
2: If you have <laughs> no life and you have a desk job where you can sit with YouTube running in the corner of your screen on repeat for three days, yes,
1: yeah, it. I, I wish I could have watched it. Maybe uh, half of that. Just you know, I I'm mobile all the time, right? So I, I can't always just pull out my phone and, and and watch things. I have to be aware of my surroundings whether I'm walking or driving. So uh, I I I envy you. You know, I must admit, you may be a little embarrassed about that, but I wish I could have watched it that many times and dissect it as, as you have. So, you know, you are the official fact checker. You are here because you are indeed an encyclopedia. And uh, I think we're gonna have a lot of fun doing this even for the second time.
2: <laughs> I think so. Yes. Yeah. And we plus we get to avoid all those mistakes that we realized we made after we were done recording.
1: Yes, yes. Okay. So you ready to get into this? Yes, I am. All right, so I'm going to just play the beginning and the ending of the clip. And again, this is your last spoiler warning. Cobra Kai is back where it belongs. All right, so let's get into it. Um, you know, just one brief shot I like to point out. It, it's a really nice, I don't know if it's a sunrise or a sunset, price sunrise, I would imagine.
2: Oh, I don't know which it is.
1: Oh, yeah. It's a nice shot nonetheless.
2: It's a beautiful shot of the sun behind trees. It is. And it's clearly California, and not Georgia.
1: Because of the trees?
2: Unless they have palm trees in Georgia.
1: They, they have palm trees. It, it, could, it could be doctored. You know, they they could CGI that. They they, they uh, convinced a lot of people that that was a real golf and stuff. <laughs>
2: oh, that's true. That's yeah. very true.
1: So could be. But, uh, you know, it could be stock footage from anywhere. I think there's that famous... Uh, opening scene in Back to the Future 2 where they're kind of flying through the clouds and I think that was a news shot from like a Clint Eastwood movie but very nice shot the next one we get inside Cobra Kai Dojo uh, we got Johnny and McGee we see him in front of the Strike First Strike Hard No Mercy stencil on the wall and Miguel is leading the class in some jab punches perhaps
2: uh, looks to be yes.
1: Yeah, they they like to start off with that, don't they? The Cobra Kai's.
2: Yes, seems to be a tradition.
1: Yeah, for you know, from the from the first movie, then also we had Aisha in one of the uh, clips. So this is maybe the same episode, maybe the second episode from what we saw in what kind of Cobra would you rather be? Uh, because in the background we do get to see some uh new cast members that were not from season 1 in regular street clothes behind the class in their white geese
2: yeah so if it's definitely after it's the day after that first scene but which episode it's in i'm guessing we're probably still in the first here
1: mhm so very recognizable uh kids you know especially if you follow them on the on the instagram um so and and obviously we see a lot of returning people to and we got Hawk and Aisha right up front. So Hawk's still rocking the blue mohawk at this point.
2: Right, which is something definitely to pay attention to because a whole lot of blue changes. Yes. And I want to know, looking at the new cast members, we've got, we've got Mitch and then we've got the actor Khalil, whose character name I still don't know. Right. Um, and then we have this young man here who I just call Backward Hat Guy. Backward Hat Guy.
1: I think that's his character name.
2: Because in every scene we see him in, he's got a, his hat on backwards. I think so, that's
1: it, and yeah. I think behind Connor, shout out to uh, Connor there. I believe that actor is Asher Sheets. Okay. Yeah, his, his mom is in our group as well. One of the uh, Kai moms, so one of many, many moms in the group. Um, yes. Yep, and I think that yeah, I think that's all I can recognize. And then we get a shot of uh, Hawk in some part of the dojo uh you know the lights are are down is looking at or watching him uh punching the heavy bag
2: right I, i i think this is the locker room maybe or a staging area um for the dojo itself because there are the lockers and there's the the other motto on the wall and all of that um
1: we didn't see that before, right? The white Cobra Kai never dies stencil. I don't I know. Don't, yeah, that's we, new. We did
2: not see this room. Yeah, we did not see this room in, in season one. We saw a couple of doors. Right. Uh, like the restroom is down the hall. And then there was when Eli left the dojo, he walked down that hallway and walked into a door. And I'm kind of guessing that this is the room that he would have gone into because if this is the locker room, he would have to go there to get his shoes to go home.
1: I'm a little, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking behind Hawk and he's, there, there's like a bench press uh, there. And uh, whoever was using that last, uh, it's not, you know, not not very many weights there.
2: Well, they are, you know, kids. <laughs> they are the kids. Okay. and 17. So <laughs> the, the most interesting thing about this scene to me with, with Hawk is his eye is busted. So this takes place after something else that we see later in the trailer. Right. His hair is red, his mohawk is red, Right. but so is the hawk on his back. He got his tattoo redone.
1: Okay, I, did, I had not noticed that before. So what? what is the difference uh, with the hawk? It was blue. Oh, okay, the hair. Okay, right.
2: Yeah, it was blue in season one, and now it's red. Interesting. So he actually went and got his his tattoo. I hope he doesn't do that. Every time he changes his hair color, that could get ridiculously expensive and painful.
1: It could, but I would think you know if it was blue, I don't know how you make it red. It, it would turn to purple, no, or just. I a dark don't. Color. I
2: don't know how. I don't know how <laughs> tattoo pigmentation works. So, I don't know.
1: It's a good question. It is a good question. Um, so, w- w- what do you gather with the crease? Um, you know, kind of observing here because w- we're thinking that maybe the two Cobra Kai's have kind of. Uh, m- might start dividing here, perhaps. You know, Crease is kind of looking upon Hawk as maybe uh, a new replacement as his ace,
2: right? And and him standing actually in that door kind of creeped the crap out of me when I realized he was doing it because that's very lurky and creepy and and something that we have seen that John Creese and his cohorts are not ashamed of doing to sixteen year olds, right? It, it, to kind of the whole creepy stalking. Thing. They they do this quite a bit. I don't know if the dojos have split at this point, at least visibly. I think he's probably just working from the inside to try to weasel his way in.
1: And speaking of uh, tattoos, or you were, uh, we do see a little bit of uh, a moon tattoo uh, just right above his heart.
2: Yeah, this one's much clearer later in the trailer, but it's a little half moon with the word moon across it. And I think that is probably just about the sweetest thing. And that reminds me that Eli is still in there somewhere.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and you know, uh, I know we kind of talked about this uh, yesterday as well. But uh, something probably a little personal to him. You know, it, it's it's small. Uh, it's mall is is not there for like people to see uh, to see really like the hawk, right? Not, not right. to bring too much it's- attention to it.
2: It's not for public display. The one on his back is. That one is solely for him. And it's by having it up on his chest and over his heart, it's like she is she is with him, and he is not going to share her with anyone. Yeah. But the one on his back, he'll show anyone who asks.
1: And, you know, this may not be intentional, but it, it's also like, well, the hawk is big, and obviously it's kind of fitting to put it on his back. But it's kind of like, you know, a leader, and the people behind you will see that. Well, Moon is in his front, so maybe she's kind of like, you know, front and center to him. And she's the the only one person that he would put in front of him. I don't know. Maybe overrated. Oh, that's
2: so sweet. Oh, you
1: know, hey, that's what I do, right? I love that. Right. I love that. All right. So we got a really great sequence right here where um, it picks up where season one ended. uh, John Kreese uh, shows up. And Johnny is, the look of disgust on his face. It looks like he, um, you know, John Kreese might have tracked in some, some foul stuff under his shoes. Uh, yeah, he
2: tracked, he, <laughs> he tracked in John Kreese. It doesn't get much more foul than that. Okay. Uh,
1: well, What are your thoughts about John Kreese, by the way?
2: Okay. Um, <laughs> same disclaimer from yesterday, because it absolutely has to be said. Uh, I adore Martin Cove as an actor. As a person, as a celebrity that I have had the pleasure of meeting, when you are with him, he exudes this calm and this zen and this just whole aura about him that you're like immediately comfortable in his presence.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That is Martin Cove. John Creese is a child abusing, wannabe child murdering, brainwashing piece of shit. And I want him to go away. I don't like him.
1: Okay. At all. All right. I do not like grief. Well documented now. Yes. Yes. Uh, I agree with everything you said about uh, Martin Cove himself. I, I had the pleasure of meeting him uh, last September. So if we have any newer listeners, uh, I did an episode called Rose City Comic Con where I recapped meeting uh, Billy, Ralph, and Martin Cove. And also the second half of that episode is their panel. So that was a lot of fun, a lot of fun for sure.
2: I remember the Rose City. That was a good panel.
1: Yeah, it was It was a lot of fun for sure. And one of the... I feel like it was one of the first times where it was all three uh, last season. Because when, uh, when... I think
2: it may have been, because Horror Hounds was just Billy and Martin. And then um, New York City Comic Con was just Billy and Ralph.
1: Yeah, and... Um, Billy went to Motor City where Tom got to see him, and he was there by himself. So, yeah, one of the few times that, uh, yeah, all three of them.
2: And then Steel City was Billy and Martin and Rob Garrison?
1: Yes. Donald Rice, he was there.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah, he's everywhere. (laughs) He
1: he literally is. Uh, But uh, Shannon, she, oh, that's not released. I was going to say she shared meeting him at the Steel City. So, yes. Uh, but this, you know, it we we see that Kreese still has it, you know, because it looks like Johnny strikes first, and without hesitation, Kreese was able to block and throw him into the mirror. So this explains the broken panel uh, that we saw in the very first teaser. No, 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 right. no the, I'm sorry, the, the second clip. The
2: right and the, the which type of cobra would you be? Correct. Yes, 72 year old man still got it. That's really. All I have to say here: do not estimate, do not underestimate the old man.
1: Oh yeah, and there's no flinching
2: either. No, none. Like an immediate reaction. Whether he loves Johnny or not, he has zero hesitation in, you know, throwing him through a sheet of glass.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, worth pointing out that Johnny does not get back up at all. He, he stays on the ground.
2: Right, and also let that scene stand to prove to everyone who, for whatever reason, wants to insist that Johnny was in on this whole thing, he did not know Creese was alive. That's right. Because there's no reason for him to say that to his face if he didn't believe it. Johnny Lawrence is many things, and not all of them are admirable at this point, but he is not a liar, and he never has been.
1: Might stretch the truth a little bit, but he is not a liar.
2: No, he tells the truth as he remembers it, which may or may not be what actually happened.
1: Right. As we saw in episode seven when he talks to Miguel. Yes. Okay. Yep. There we go. But he does not lie. Right. (laughs) I love that moment, too, because that's Johnny's story. You know, the song playing in the background. Um, Yes. Amazing track. Uh, then we get a little insight insight into inside, inside Miyagi-Do. Robbie, as he usually does, gets to watch Ralph uh, do a little breathing or something. Uh, you pointed out that this is uh, something that we have not seen Ralph do before.
2: I do not remember Daniel's hands ever being in that crossed position in front of him like that. Um, I'm not saying that that may not be something that's buried in the Kata montage from Karate Kid Part 3, like when they're up on the mountain and the helicopter is pulling away with the camera, which I've always wanted to know how they put those two on top of that mountain for that shot because it's beautiful. But if it's something that he's done before, it's something that has not been highlighted like this to where this is front and center.
1: Based on some of our discussions yesterday, I want to ask you a question here. Could it okay. possibly be that Robbie has not gone home and, if that's the case, has been wearing some of Daniel's clothes from back in the days? Because he's rocking some camo pants here.
2: I don't know. That's a good question.
1: Because then do he wears the I, orange baseball shirt later.
2: Are, are you asking me do I think that he has moved in with Daniel and Amanda? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, I came away from the tournament, you know, from the end of Mercy. Uh, believing that at least until his shoulder was healed, he was going to be staying with them.
1: Yeah. And at this point it has healed because he's not wearing the sling in this shot.
2: Right. Right. And I, I think we're going to find out, especially, you know, with, with later scenes that we see and where he is going to school now and things like that. He has to live in the school district, which means he has to live in either Encino or Reseda, not North Hills. Right. So he either Shannon, for some reason has moved to Encino or moved it moved to Reseda or he has moved in with Daniel and Amanda.
0: That's a good point.
2: Which would also make sense because it is very much a callback to Karate Kid part 2 where Daniel moved in with Mr. Miyagi.
1: That's right because he takes care of him. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe uh maybe Shannon has to go take care of uh, her uncle.
2: Or maybe Shannon or is desperate to get rid of uh, Shannon is just Ready and grateful to get rid of the kid that she can't control and pawn him off on someone else for a while.
1: Yeah, that could be it too. Maybe she she found a guy, you know, where she doesn't have to uh, apply for a, a part time job, you know, mm-hmm. you know something. So yeah, okay, I, I like that. Uh, so Amanda, she's uh, w- what is the voiceover going on right here between their conversation?
2: This is where Daniel is saying that ever since the tournament, he's been obsessed with finding ways to destroy Cobra Kai. Right um and the the tone of voice and the way he's speaking that goes that sentence goes up at the end his voice goes up he's not done speaking that's not the end of the sentence there is a but or an and or something that comes after that and they've cut it so we don't hear it um he sounds to me very introspective about it like maybe he's maybe that is a sentence that you know he speaks to someone in advance of doing what we saw him do in the fathom preview and and kind of thinking to himself you know ever since the tournament i've been obsessing about this but maybe we're not doing things the way we should be maybe we should reconsider this maybe there's another way you know something like that there's something missing from that sentence
1: yeah yeah and then what was amanda's response or is it later that we get her response
2: Uh, her, her, hers is a little bit later, right? What she's saying right here is, but opening your own karate dojo. Right. Um, and the look on her face in this particular, um, still that we grabbed for this is most of the time when Dan, when she's looking at Daniel, when he's talking about this, she looks frustrated. She looks over it. She looks like I cannot even with you right now in this one. She looks scared. Yeah. I think more concerned. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, we get a little bit more of that uh, floating platform in the pond. And this one, we got Daniel and Robbie uh, putting some potted plants on uh, opposite ends to try to balance it. And this is the, I think this is the sequence where I said that I thought that I saw maybe um, something that looked to be like a beam that might run through the middle of that platform. So that way you do have to balance an opposite end. kind of like a seesaw so i I don't know it could be like a reflection
2: yeah looking at that now i can't tell if that's that or if that's a reflection of the um robbie's arm and the tree that's off to the side there
1: yeah really hard to say but uh i mean because because i know we were talking about it a little bit because like how else would that be floating if it wasn't bouncing on maybe just one beam you know what i mean
2: Well, it it could be. And and what I had said was, you know, it might make balancing it harder if there's a beam under it. Yeah. Because the water would compensate for the displacement a little bit.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: But I think either way, it's going to be ridiculously difficult to do. And this is where Amanda's got her voiceover that is not a complete sentence where she says, you know, are you sure you can balance that? And then she starts to say with and the width is cut off. Yeah. So there's a whole list of things that he's not going to be able to balance with coming after this
1: so they might have gotten it in one try you know you pointed out that daniel smiling that uh they were able to let go of the potted plants and it and the uh the platform bounces
2: right and they're both not soaking wet their shirts are dry so if they have tried and failed before at least they didn't both take a swim
1: right uh you pointed out that uh, daniel is now drinking sam adams samuel adams
2: yes he in season one Uh, This is something that that Carrie and I both paid particular attention to, her to Johnny's habit and mine to Daniel's. Um, We have a theory about both of their drinking habits. Uh, Daniel, the only time we see him drink anything other than the punch at the Halloween party, which he only takes a sip of, and the water at the bar that, again, he only takes a sip of before he pushes it away. Every time you see him drinking, he has alcohol in his hand. He has a glass of wine. He has a martini. He has big glasses of wine, too, not little ones. Um, so at this point, it looks like he has abandoned the whole high-end social drinker thing. He's going straight for the beer. Um, he looks 12, and he sounds 12, and probably half drunk.
1: <laughs> I, I like that. you know. So we had drunk Miyagi, now we're going to get drunk Daniel.
2: Right, and then we also have the balance is my thing.
1: Right. Is it, though?
2: <laughs> not at the moment, maybe. Not so much. But just the way he says it is ridiculously adorable. Yeah. And then then Amanda pulls out the I-can't-even-with-you face.
1: You know, so. I'm, I'm not trying to uh, jump too far. Well, it, it is far ahead that I'm kind of j- jumping. But um, yesterday, I remember making the point that I, I typically don't really look at people's clothing. But I, I made a point that I, uh, later on in the trailer that Miguel is wearing, like, a salmon-colored sweater. In this shot between Amanda and Daniel, she's wearing, like, a salmon-colored blouse.
2: Right, which is kind of an odd color because I don't know if salmon is in, but I seriously doubt that means anything. I think it was just a a nice shirt.
1: Yeah, it is a nice Um, shirt, and it's not a bad color.
2: It's a very good color on her. Yeah. She She looks amazing.
1: All right. So we've reached the part where... Is is my favorite part of your analysis actually uh but <laughs>
2: <laughs> the obscure part of my analysis yes uh
1: but we see that Johnny has a new well uh has updated his look his new look with his his challenger and uh he's got you know paint jobs got some custom uh emblems and and a uh, shifting knob and, and all of that, and uh, and you, you go ahead and take it from here.
2: Okay, so this is still a 2009 Dodge Challenger RT. This is the car that Daniel gave him. When Daniel gave it to him, based on what the mileage approximate value was, about $14,000, which is a heck of a present to give someone you can't stand. So it was a, a pretty nice car, a decent car. It was fully loaded, leather seats, sunroof, everything um, right off the bat. And with this, we've got a custom matte black paint job. We've got a custom stripe kit. We've got two custom grills that have been fabricated, custom inner headlights, um, looks like new wheels, would have cost approximately nine to $10,000 and taken about three weeks at a body shop.
1: That's why you come to this show. <laughs>
2: Because I'm obscure with my knowledge about cars and how much it takes to fix them, yes.
1: There are people who love stuff about cars, and that probably gave them uh, a smile. Let's, let's say that gave them a smile, what you just said. That's amazing. That's amazing stuff that you did that research for, for this uh, couple shots here.
2: There wasn't, I mean, there's not really much research involved. I am an insurance <laughs> adjuster. I have software on my computer that that literally took me about 10 minutes to figure out. So. Yeah,
1: and uh could be nothing, but we did point out that he is currently at a stop sign on Friend Street.
2: Yes, I think it's an Easter egg. I'm going to hold on to my belief that that is an Easter egg until we find out it's not. If we ever find out it's not.
1: Right. Um, all right, then we get the demonstration at, uh, what did you call this, the All Valley Festival?
2: Valley Fest. Valley That's Fest. what they were referring to it as uh, when they were filming, was Valley Fest.
1: Okay. So we get um, a sequence here where Johnny actually breaks at least four uh, blocks of cements. Or I think it's five. Five? I do think it's five. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, the top one's already broken. I'm trying to find his hand. But they, they set it on fire, and uh, they are trying to just bring attention to Cobra Kai. You know, they're throwing out swag from the stage and, and all of that.
2: Right. And and I will shout out to anyone who can get me any of that merch that the boys are holding. I like that flag and that T-shirt and that flag and that T-shirt and whatever that boy is coming in from off stage with, but I can't even see. But I want it.
1: Yes, I agree. And uh, you know, whatever is, um, you know, that that the glowing logo in the behind them—that's pretty
2: cool too. The yeah, the projected, the, the projected yes. white yes. on either side. I like yeah, that. I like those because there's like a, like it looks like they're you know on a fabric that's waving behind, and then. We've got the American flags everywhere, so the assumption that I have seen and that I absolutely agree with is this: like this is like a Fourth of July thing, okay, um, or a Memorial Day thing. Yeah, probably 4th of July, I would guess.
1: Yeah, it looks like a, a really young crowd with a lot of like lights and and all this stuff. I mean, it could have been they they could have just came from Coachella,
2: right? Glow sticks and balloons and, and glow bracelets and there's a girl up front with a glowy crown on her head and yeah,
1: and the all um, pretty awesome. The, the the lights there that kind of reminds me of you know Karate Part Two a little bit at the end.
2: Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. The globe lights with the, with the flags hanging mm-hmm.
1: between them. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I yeah. Uh, okay, then we get a uh, concerned Sam, you know, talking to uh, Daniel. And you pointed out that this is back at home now because of the uh, the wall or the was it the brick wall?
2: Yeah, there's the the inside of Mister Miyagi's house is all wood, mm-hmm. so this is. And I think that's Daniel's lamp, too. But what gets me here is she looks upset. She sounds upset. But she says that it's a crazy karate cult that is brainwashing half the school. Right. And Daniel's reaction is, well, that's why I'm opening up Miyagi-Do. So I don't think that that sentence actually follows what Sam says to him. Because if so, he has made remarkable strides in his PTSD recovery in the last week and a half you know, between this and the end of mercy or, you know, whenever this ends up falling and he's incredibly Zen about having been brainwashed in high school Mm -hmm. and very calm about finding out that this one thing that he was so afraid of happening to the other kids is happening to the other kids. I think his reaction to that would be much more insane. Right. Over the top switch right back into mega douche mode immediately. Because this is what he's been terrified of. And she just told him it's happening.
1: Uh, Then we got this really quick shot of uh, Robbie over at Sam's um, locker. Do you think that this is going to go with what we see later on in the trailer?
2: Yes, because they're wearing the same clothes.
1: Okay. So I do wonder, I mean, I'm assuming that this is going to be before what we see. So Mm -hmm. at some point, Robbie walks away and has to run all the way back. Hmm.
2: Right, and and Robbie to me here looks like a very little boy. Very cleaned
1: um, up, dressed nice.
2: Yes, yes. And and when we were talking about it yesterday, I mentioned that the clothes he wore to school last season, the ripped jeans and the Misfits t-shirt and, and things like that, which I actually copped to owning the same Misfits t-shirt that he had on in that scene. And then you didn't know who the Misfits were. Well, so I, I, anyway. thought, I
1: thought it was the one from Jem in the holograms. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, right. It, Robbie would definitely be wearing Jim and the Holograms merch to well, school. Of course,
1: why not?
2: Uh, but he's got his backpack on both shoulders. He's got his hair tucked behind his ears. He's looking at the ground. He just looks ridiculously shy and adorable, like this is his first day in a new school. Um, and if you the, the scene before, there's a banner on the wall with all these kids in the hallway, and it says, welcome back. I think it's Hornets. Uh, It says welcome back something. Right. So this is you know coming back next school year, which is wrap my head around. It's still 2018. This is August of 2018.
1: August. Uh, see California. Yeah, I think they do start school in August because Oregon we start school in September.
2: Oh wow. Yeah, we're in August too. Yeah. Middle of August.
1: I think Texas is also August. So it's really weird. Um, but it could be nothing. But from what we see. Miguel later wearing a similar hoodie but different color. Well, I think his was a sweater actually. But the 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 two boys Miguel and Robbie are both wearing kind of just a solid plain long sleeve whatever. I think um you know we've seen kind of like Aisha and Sam with like graphic graphics on like their clothing. So I wonder if that's anything uh, again, it's not something I typically look at, but just since we're kind of going through the scenes, I'm kind of noticing that not a lot of the guys have uh, very many graphic things on their shirt, unless it's like a Cobra later on.
2: Johnny wears rock band t-shirts everywhere.
1: He does. And we saw one earlier when uh, Kreese comes in.
2: Uh, he's wearing the Motorworks, the Speedway Motorworks t-shirt.
1: Right. Okay. And um, Daniel, it's I still a bunch of solids as well. I, I don't think I've seen him in much... Any other shades, really? A lot of darker tones as well.
2: Um, He wears plaid a couple times in season one. But Daniel's fashion choices for season two, at least what we see in the trailer, make me very, very happy. Because they're not fashion anymore. And he walked around all of season one looking like a page out of GQ. And it bugged the crap out of me. Because this is the guy that we've known since he was 15 years old and we've seen him wear plaid and camouflage at the same time, and suddenly everywhere he goes, he's wearing a three-piece suit and a tie, and his hair is perfect, and everything is perfect, and I just wanted him to take the tie off unbutton his shirt, mess his hair up a little bit, get dirty, look like Daniel again, and he does.
1: He does, and you know, it kind of reminds me of I think it was the second Mighty Ducks movie where, um, Emilio Estevez's character, George Bombay, Gordon, Gordon Bombay, uh, has gone commercial. You know, the slicked hair, the, the suit and stuff. And, you know, his kids didn't even know him anymore or rather his players. And, uh, you know, he, he finds himself at the end of the movie and kind of goes back to like his original look. So I, I think it's one of those things that like, um, you know, the success can, can change somebody. And it takes maybe somebody or something, an event perhaps, to kind of help you find yourself again.
2: And that kind of plays into a a larger theory I have about Daniel in general. Uh, Who he was in season one Uh was not him. It was who he thought he needed to pretend to be. Right. But it was not him. I think that he completely lost what remained of him when Mr. Miyagi died. And he hasn't known how to find it since.
1: I'm starting to uh, sense that we're going to get a few montages um, because we do get a series of uh, Robbie kind of, you know, doing the same training techniques that Daniel himself learned from Mr. Miyagi from the first movie. We got, you know, some painting the fence, sanding the floor, but some of them he's in a sling, like when he's uh, helping uh, hang up the, the heavy bag. But when he's sanding the floor, no sling.
2: Right, so this is taking place I think over a a couple of weeks. One thing and and I got this from watching the reaction channels last night. For some reason, every time they showed Robbie down on his knees with Sanders, my brain immediately, everyone's brain I think, immediately goes sand the floor, but every single one of those reaction channels, the first words out of their mouth were wax on wax off.
1: What the hell? <laughs> no. <laughs> Clearly they're not no. they're not fans of Crowded kid. <laughs>
2: Right, right. And also, uh, a shout out to, you know, people aging and people of a certain age, like myself, and both of the boys. Um, Daniel can still hit a nail with one hit and knock it all the way through the wood. That's right. yeah. Which is something that Mr. Miyagi taught him when he was building his bedroom. He's very concentrated. He's very focused on that, by the way.
1: Oh, yeah, very much. I wonder if we'll get a little, uh, you know, from from Daniel.
2: <laughs> I, I I would like to see him smack Robbie in the back of the head At least once <laughs> For something I, I, I don't even know why right, But yeah, well, I would man. love that
1: I'm thinking of the visuals and uh because Robbie has such thick hair, like just a little slap in the back of the hair would kinda of mess it up and I think <laughs> I think that would just look kind of funny visually. Uh but it would
2: it flops forward into his face <laughs> yeah. and yeah.
1: Uh and then we get a um a much more broad shot of the, the backyard of uh Miyagi's backyard. And we got this really big stone wall kind of thing with some inscriptions on it. Something new to us. But you see anything else that's kind of new? I mean, we never really got a good look, I guess, since part three.
2: Not so much. What's The pond is new. That I do not remember being there at all.
1: That's not the same one where they put the platform in, is it?
2: Yeah, it, it is. is.
1: Okay, huh.
2: Yeah, and obviously the I, you can see like the very edge of it sticking around that rock there. Okay. But I don't remember that pond being there a lot of it is remarkable in its detail because like trees are in the same place. And, and, you know, it's just, there was so much that they got so right. And this entire sequence here, watching them work on the house, work on the yard, all of this made me very, very happy because when they first put out the video of the kids giving the tour, I think it was either October or November where they had the, the four kids giving the tour of the Miyagi house. I was so upset that after the first time I watched it, I almost started crying Yeah, because Mr. Miyagi did not have sliding doors. He had French doors. Um, there was an arched window above his bed that is now a set of sliding doors. And I was, what Daniel's bedroom is gone. And that was a huge thing for me. Uh, Why is Daniel's bedroom gone? You know, it, but seeing them working on the house together and refinishing it together, these are decisions that Daniel has made and has done intentionally. Yeah. So I'm okay with it.
1: And, and maybe the house, or his room rather, maybe that's just something that they decided to take down at some point when Daniel decided to start his own family. Maybe it wasn't necessary to have that anymore as well.
2: Right, right. It, it just it, i i always felt like you know that would always be daniel's room and if he ever needed to go home for any reason it would be there so seeing it not be there was upsetting
1: yeah or daniel you know once once was kind of you know inherited the house maybe he just decided to take that down too right right yeah
2: it's not it's not exactly reminders of happy times for him i wouldn't imagine
1: yeah yeah, it, so, it uh, one of the most heartbreaking scenes is still from that room where, you know, he slams the door on Miyagi.
2: Yes, and he sits down and he starts crying and says, what am I doing?
1: Oh, does he cry? Cause I, I start crying. And yeah, I, oh, I don't yes, even he see. He th- buries <laughs> his face
2: I, in his hands. <laughs> he buries uh, his face in his hands. And Mr. Miyagi is crying. And then he goes into his bedroom and starts praying. And I just, no. Yeah, okay, hopes I hope he finds okay, himself gonna, soon. Yeah, we're not going yeah, yeah. to go back to that. No. One, one of my nope. favorite
1: moments. Um, of the of the franchise just because of how heartbreaking it is
0: it
2: is
1: so we get a glimpse at uh a few new students for Miyagi-do um kind of just sitting in front of uh, Daniel we got uh i'm going to go with some actor names because i think we only know of one character name in the, uh, at this moment um well i mean i don't know I, I, do you know jaden's uh character name which
2: one is jaden
1: jaden's the second one
2: uh is that aj
1: no, no, no. AJ A- Hicks is uh is Abe, I believe, right? Is that oh, what you A- said? A- right. Yes.
2: Okay. So this Yeah. One... AJ is Abe, and Aiden is Frank. No, okay. Frank's on the
1: other side. Jaden. J- okay. Frank. Frank is on the end. Let's just. Frank call is him, on the end. Let's go with Jaden because I don't know his his character name. Uh, we okay. have newcomer Shane, well, one of the Lewis brothers, and then we also have Nate O, uh, the, our little Asian kid with glasses, uh, and so yeah, Frank and Jaden are both you know have been seen. Uh, to be part of the Cobra Kai dojo and have worn, you know, the geese and stuff. So those two, plus these two newcomers uh, who we have seen stop by Cobra Kai on probably the first episode are now with Miyagi-Do.
2: Right. And also I like that in the background, Mr. Miyagi has been moved from the house back to his house.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The picture had been taken down.
2: And the Tenegui box is underneath him.
1: I'm going to have to add one of my frames uh, to the wall. It's there, too.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So we've got Mr. Miyagi and the Tenegui both back at the house. And I I like that, too.
1: Uh, Tenegui, for those that don't know?
2: The headband. The dish towel, Ah, basically, ah. that Daniel wears on his head.
1: Got it. Okay. Uh, And then we get to... uh, You like this scene very much. A little bit of flirting between Sam and Robbie. You know?
2: (laughs) Uh, I'm not a big fan of the flirting.
1: Okay, it's a cute but scene.
2: it's adorable the way they're looking at each other and the way she, the, just the sound of her voice when she says, I got you. It's just so, <laughs>
1: it's it's like, Tag
0: so you're tiny. It. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. It's just so so tiny and so sweet and adorable. And I most of what Sam says in the trailer is is that way. It's just very sweet and very cute. And I love that. She seems to be a little bit more playful than she was in yeah. season three.
1: Uh, I'm looking at her tank and it's got the no, no limits. And I I wonder if these are kind of like motivators, you know, I mean, because that's usually where she has like some sort of wording on on her clothes is when she's actually training.
2: Right. And all of all of the T-shirts that we see, especially on the girls, have some kind of message that's, you know, empowering. Right. And I I really like that. I really like that. Yeah. good But I do. You know, I'm not a big fan of the flirting. I like them in the brother and sister dynamic that they had from season one, but they are obviously perfectly fine about flirting openly right in front of her father who that boy knows could kick his ass seven ways from Sunday. So right. I guess Daniel ships it. A perhaps,
1: bit. perhaps, but you know, it shouldn't be fraternizing, you know, within the dojo.
2: They really should <laughs> not, especially as uh, uh, to risk getting into anima and uh, uh, into the, the anime, the whole senpai noticed me thing. No, the the senior student and the, the um, secondary student really should not be flirting with each other, I don't think. that's yeah,
1: just me. I, I agree with you. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, just a couple of shots. We got Dimitri. You know, if people were questioning it, there's a good shot of him in, uh, in here uh, at, at Miyagi-Do.
2: And we got Daniel giving some, you know, uh, uh, some motivation here. And uh, someday the fight may come to you. And I want to make sure you're ready. Like he's he's not pushing them to do anything that they're not ready to do. He just wants to make sure they can protect themselves if they need to. And here is the let's see what Miyagi-Do is made of, which actually gave me cold chills the first time he said it.
1: Oh, I I can only imagine. Uh, And what gave a lot of people chills was probably the Ford Ford. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) did a great job at not aging it, but making it look like it had been sitting there for some time.
2: It's a little dingy, and it's a, it's a little dingier than I've seen it in any photos that Ralph has ever had taken with it.
1: Yeah, even the windows look really dusty, so great job. Um, right, but
2: the, the, the just the, the look of pure love on his face when he pulls that tarp off. Oh, yeah. Um, whether, like I said yesterday, I don't know if it's love for the car or love for the man that gave the car to him. I think it's mostly the second, but it's just a, he loves that car and everything about it. It's very, very important to him.
1: Uh one thing worth noting, Robbie is still in the sling, so this is still very early on in the season. Uh right. but from what we saw in season one, Robbie had trained a lot under Daniel at the uh at the dealership. So he drops a funny line, you know, he sees a or something tells him that he sees like a wax can in his future, which I thought was very funny and I felt was kinda maybe not a callback, but it was very similar to the season one trailer where Miguel asked Johnny, like, you know, is there any particular way he wanted the windows washed? And he goes, I don't give a shit. You know, right. I, I had the same reaction to this.
2: Um, I think I, I don't know if it will happen. I know that I would very much love after Robbie makes the joke about the wax can because he has waxed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of luxury motors at this point. I would when he says the, the wax can in my future, Daniel, to say something like, no, it's in mine or I've got this one or something like that and actually have Daniel do it himself.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, I like that. That'd I would really nice. like
2: to see that.
1: Yeah, or maybe do it together or maybe with Sam perhaps even. Who knows?
2: Uh Sam's not there yet cuz Robbie's already lost the oh, sling by the time Sam gets there.
1: That's right. That's right. See? Again, that's why you're on the show.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, so we get this really interesting, um, cement truck, you know, where the kids climb into the drum and try to work together as a team.
2: Uh, that's what it looks like to me is just like extreme, extreme team building makeover edition or, you know, something like that. Um, where he's putting them in there to try to get them out of that every man for himself mindset they've kind of got going on. And give them a nearly impossible task, getting that drum to turn. And something that they have to do in perfect unison uh, to every hand in place, every foot in place at the exact same time to get it going.
1: Yeah. So all we see for sure is Miguel and Hawk is in there. And one other kid um, wearing like a yellow shirt. I was trying to see if we can match it up. But no idea what the yellow shirts mean. It just could be just yellow. Maybe a cobra on the front. Who knows? Who knows? But, uh, right, and
2: there could, be, there could potentially, looking at that now, there could potentially be four of them in there.
1: Yeah, so that's it. I guess they're just trying to work as a team, so that'll be really interesting to see on the screen.
2: But Plus, they're going to be a big, giant mess, and they're each going to weigh about 25 pounds more than they do <laughs> when they climb out of there.
1: Right. And uh, you want to point out Aisha's shirt?
2: Savage.
1: Savage. I think very fitting.
2: She is a powerful young woman, and she knows it, and she owns it, and I love everything about her.
1: For a first lady, of Cobra Kai, no mercy, absolutely. bitch.
2: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, so um, then we get a little demonstration, very little uh, of the miyagi uh, Miyagito. We just got Robbie, Daniel, and uh, Sam, who seems to be rocking the the Ray hairstyle from uh, Force Awakens.
2: Uh, a little bit different, but very close to it. Definitely reminded me of it. Yes. Okay. And I think this is quite possibly one of the most beautiful shots of the season. And I say that just having seen, you know, like 12 minutes of canon at this point. But I love the way that's framed. The three of them backlit with the bonsai tree and where the whole wall is the sun coming up behind it instead of just the circle. I think it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, yeah. It looks really good. Uh, I would like to see what else is going on in this this particular scene because that's really the only shot we get.
2: Right. And this is all taking place around the same time as the photographs that we got in the EW article a month or so ago, um, where we had Johnny on stage with Miguel and Hawk on either side of him. And then Daniel standing in front of the the six blocks of ice with Robbie and Sam behind him. And I don't know, you know, when I first saw that picture, I was like, oh, it's too obvious for them to have Daniel break the ice. But I really want to see Daniel break the ice. And then they did Johnny breaking the flaming concrete. So now I'm thinking it has to be Daniel who breaks the ice because if he does that, then Daniel and Johnny are literally fire and ice. Right.
1: Yep. Uh,
2: and it's, maybe it's too obvious for them to go that route, but I, I kind of think it, it has to go that way now.
1: It makes sense. You know, um, I, I think it really does. They are total opposites or I don't want to say total, but you know, I, I think people understand what what you're getting at. Like, I, I think it does make sense for, for Daniel to do it. And I hope he breaks all six, for sure.
2: I do not doubt it, although he probably doesn't need college tuition anymore.
1: <laughs> no, you're probably right. Uh, and then we get the introduction of Tori. Um, she's in the Cobra Kai dojo, and she's the one who thinks that she might be able to take on the champion.
2: Um, specifically, she's the only one with the balls to take on the champion. Yes, yes. Out of all of those dudes, stand in there. Yeah. I... So, um, kind of like that. Um, actually, as much as I dislike this character, just based on what we see in the trailer, um, I like that a whole lot. She's obviously another very strong female character, and I it will show up every time we have one of these on a the TV show. So that's yeah. uh, for Sam, for Aisha, for Amanda, for Carmen yeah, yeah, all of these women are so remarkably strong and know themselves so well. And uh, Tori seems to be no exception.
1: You know what? In this shot, actually, I had never noticed it before, but we have a uh, little Nate uh, character named, still unknown at this point, in the white gi at Cobra Kai.
2: Yeah, standing next to Kev.
1: Yeah, so I, did, I didn't I did even think that maybe he had started it. I thought maybe that he just stopped by kind of thing. So. Um, and
2: there's also the other boy that we always confuse with Frank. The the one that is not Frank.
1: Right, exactly. Not Frank. I think that's his Standing name. Standing yes. next to Paul Walter <laughs>
2: Hauser, who is a thirty something karate student.
1: Yeah, I like it. <laughs> and he's I think he's impressed that Miguel took down a young lady. Yes. Yes.
2: Yes, very effectively.
1: And then she okay. So we get the confirmation, you guys, that she is Allie's daughter. Because she says she, her name is Tori with a Y.
2: Allie's daughter, my ass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh now we we did talk about this um you know what her relation to crease might be
2: he obviously knows her and from the look that he and johnny share after this um exchange crease is, is beaming with pride and kind of an i told you so look on his face and johnny is like yeah you're right He obviously knows her, has some relationship to her, whether it's as a familial relationship or he has been her teacher. um, And he he has brought her here because he's proud of her and Johnny is impressed by her.
1: Right. Also worth pointing out that uh, from what we've seen, she wasn't part of the group of the new kids that was there on day one that was told to come back the next day. So this may not even be day two or anything like that, but this is later on that she is there to kind of audition i guess uh in, in a sense so it could I think be this a plant
2: might, i think this might follow on uh the scene earlier of the warm-ups with the jab punches which would have been johnny kind of presenting the troops
1: okay to okay and
2: then this is crease going okay well here's what i brought kind hmm. of thing okay very interesting because hawk's mohawk is still blue and The kids, although Nate in here is in the gi and he's not in the shorts. So, this may be a different day.
1: Right. And not only that, when we do see Tori, it's not like she's lined up in the ranks with anybody else. You know, she's in, you know, regular clothes. You know, the it being white might have thrown people off and thought that she was there training with them. No, she looked like she just came in. You know, so, right, in
2: this she did. In the original teaser, she's actually in the white gi with the white belt.
1: Right, so that at that point she had already joined the ranks. So this is right. before that. Yeah, absolutely. So I wonder if it's one of those things that, like, does you know, can anybody take on the And She walks in, is like, you know, let me do it or something. You know,
2: right, or like a like a gauntlet for the new students to run. Yeah, you know, which one of you thinks you can take on this guy?
1: Right, and she flips Miguel. So we've all seen that. Yes. Uh, and then we get a little, or Daniel gets a little visit from Creese himself uh, in the backyard of Miyagi, uh, Miyagi's house.
2: That man does not belong there.
1: He <laughs> no. does not belong there, <laughs>
2: and he needs to get out. <laughs> he's smoking on Mr. Miyagi's property, which is improper and, and, and impossible and not allowed. Uh, but all joking aside, he's there. He is threatening Daniel. He is threatening Daniel's kids. Uh, he's basically declaring war. He's,
1: he's calling his people soldiers, and it, you know what? I didn't think about this yesterday, but the you know I I don't know what the the you know couple frames that might follow this or whatever, but the way he's holding his cigar is kind of in a way that he's not gonna uh, about to take a puff after that. It looks like he actually might put that out in front of the pot uh, the potted plant in front of him.
2: I was thinking that, too, that he's going to snuff that out on that tree. Yeah. And I don't like that at all. And I, I don't like anything about these few frames. I don't like anything about this exchange. I don't like the fear in Daniel's voice when he says they're kids. Right. Um, they're I, kids. Yeah. I hate, I hate, 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 hate the fear in his eyes and the fact that he's not looking at him. And he's looking at the ground. Yeah, it, it's it, it, he's suddenly not a 49 year old man anymore. He's a 16 year old kid. And this guy just jumped out from behind a carbon, you know, cardboard cutout of himself and uh, back from the dead and just scared the crap out of him.
0: Yeah,
2: um, it, it's it's not a an adult relationship. There's their their relationship, much as with Crease and Johnny, is not on even footing at all. He has the advantage over both of them and he knows it and he uses it. And I hate that. That is also very dramatic. So, for yes. storytelling purposes. Yes,
1: it, it is. Will... It's, it's just going to be one of those moments, you know, when, uh, when Crease and Daniel are, are in the same shot. It's, it's very kind of a lot of tension, right? It's what's going to happen. You, you don't know what's Crease going to say. Is it going to be disrespectful? Like what we saw in the Fathom events, uh, video clip.
2: Right. And is Daniel going to come out swinging? Is he going to be angry? Is he going to shut down? Is he going to any of these reactions? We've seen him have all of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, we don't know what's coming from either of them or from Johnny. Uh,
1: More stuff of what you don't like. We got Robbie with his hand on Sam's face. Uh, Maybe he's just rubbing a smudge off of it. You know, it's still very well be platonic.
2: Absolutely. And and (laughs) my. My notes that I took, you know, my notes that I took on it, watching it the, the first couple times, is say, no, 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 damn it. That is <laughs> l- literally all I have written down about this scene. So I'm, I'm very much into the, the Romeo and Juliet thing, which uh, they are probably more the embodiment of it, being the actual children of the rivalry, but I liked the Romeo and Juliet vibe that we got from Sam and Miguel better.
1: Do you, um, is there a voiceover or is it dialogue right now?
2: The, this is the voiceover. This is a girl's voice saying, do you have a crush? Is it Robbie?
1: Right. And you think it's moon?
2: I think it's moon.
1: Yeah. And I think I said, I thought it might be Tori just cause she wants to see, you know, like if she has any interest in Miguel at all, that was her finding out like, well, do you like Miguel or Robbie?
2: Right, that's possible. If it's Tori, it's also possible that she's looking for some kind of leverage to use over Sam, Yeah, um, a threat against Robbie, or something like that. Uh, some people think it's Aisha. Um, I still, the more I listen to, I mean, I, I've heard it a hundred and hundred times. Um, <laughs> I still think it's Moon. But Something happened with know, the number
1: it, you were saying? Was that is was that Roman numeral? I, I didn't come out very yeah. clear.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. That was it. <laughs> um, I, I do still think it's Moon. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. But we'll find out.
1: We will. We will. Uh, and then we get, uh, you know, kind of Crease talking to Hawk. This is, um, you know, after what we saw earlier where Hawk was punching the bag. And he's saying, what does he say about the, the fight doesn't end in, uh, until you say it is? Or is yeah, that over?
2: The, the fight is not over until you say it is.
1: All right. He's instilling something in him, right? This is, uh, again...
2: This is the birth of Dutch 2.0, I'm afraid.
1: Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. You know, because Eli himself was on the spectrum, maybe. Right. And Dutch, you know, he he's, he's a little off. You know, all the times that we see Dutch, the things that he says, the little uh, physical movements that he makes, something was off about him.
2: Right. And and if Eli is on the spectrum, then that is going to make me dislike John Kreese even more than I do, which I did not know was possible, Um, because at this point, he's potentially taking advantage of a non neurotypical child. Yeah. And if you think he, he brainwashed and deprogrammed and reprogrammed, he and Terry did that to Daniel as strong as Daniel's personality and sense of self was. How much easier is it going to be to do that to Eli?
1: Probably who very hasn't easy. Found
2: himself yet.
1: Very easy because following this, we get a uh, a brief sequence at the mall where we have Mitch holding Dimitri back. That that was one of the most shocking visuals uh, to me when I first watched the the trailer initially. But the look on Hawk's face, you know, he is focused and he is walking towards Dimitri.
2: Yeah, there's there's very little, if any, of Eli left in there. And before this scene, he says, let's finish the fight to someone. And he says it at night, and you can't see who he's saying it to. So it's obviously not before this fight. Well, and his eye is broken. So that is mm-hmm. after this. But the thing that caught me immediately when this scene started was Dimitri looks up at him, and the look on his face is like he doesn't even recognize his own best friend and he's backing away from him in fear.
1: Right. Yeah. And
2: he backs into Mitch and this just rips my heart out because what we saw from season one is that Dimitri was the one who stuck up for Eli and protected him and stood between him and the rest of the world and kept the world from hurting him. And this is how Hawk is going to repay Dimitri's love for Eli.
1: Yeah. And it kills me i'm I'm getting the chills right now because this is this is still kind of early on in the season. you know, Khalil is still part of this group right now. right you know, he's, He he's
2: with the Cobra Kais at this point.
1: right, and he doesn't look like he agrees with what's going on. He's not assisting in holding Dimitri back or anything, but he is there, so
2: right, and I'm kind of thinking that this may be the one event that spurs the mass exodus from Cobra Kai.
1: I would think so, absolutely. Uh, we get a the the first time we saw Cruz. You know, we hadn't seen him in a while. The, this is Robbie's quote unquote friend with a switchblade, uh, coming right. back to I don't know. I guess uh, repay a certain Ag- debt,
2: exact his revenge. Yeah. Um at at the end of All Valley when Robbie refused to help them rob Daniel and defended the dealership and all of that. Um, the last thing Cruz said was you better watch your ass as they, as they left. And I, I always knew, sort of knew, I mean, I guess in my own way that they would be back or, you know, at least Cruz would be back because we don't see Trey. Um, I'll be surprised if he's not there, but we don't see him. I think he's doing something else that Robbie is watching
0: Could be, um, yeah,
2: and is, you know, just not in these shots. I didn't see them leaving that big of a threat hanging in the air like that and not revisiting it.
1: Right. I, I think, you know, with, with the writing, it, it's very purposeful. So I, I I feel that the writers, when they write something, if it's not going to be addressed in that season, it will come back.
2: Right. And Trey and Cruz are absolutely, obviously, comic relief no more. This is not the goofy guy who was shamed into shaving that thing off his lip. <laughs> you know? Um, this is not the what are those khakis guy <laughs> yeah, right. in the kitchen. <laughs> it, it, Cruz is an actual threat.
1: No, no, no more uh, doing the drums on the doors, is, is what you're right, saying. Right, right.
2: But he did, yeah, the unintentional <laughs> drums on the doors that he didn't even know he was doing. Um, that was just to annoy the hell out of Robbie. He's He's clearly a threat. Robbie is absolutely 100% in danger.
1: Oh yeah, because well, I mean, obviously Cruz has the switchblade and they the switchblade is I don't I feel might be for show, it might not be cuz I didn't get the sense they were that dangerous, but who knows? I mean, this is season 2. I don't want to say all bets are off, but you know, it's going to be different. Things are being kicked up a notch. But they got their asses whooped in the first season, so they decided to bring a big a big dude with them, a heavy. Uh,
2: what we've got going on here, we've got the obvious parallel. Robbie is Daniel in the garden in Okinawa. Right. Uh, with Chosen choking him to death, and Daniel not knowing how to get out of it, being completely powerless to do so. We also have from, and I didn't realize this until just now, we also have the throwback to Chosen, at the fight at the end with his butterfly knife when he's holding it out to the side, ah. flipping it around uh, with, with Kumiko to bring Daniel across the bridge. But this is the first thing that I think of is the parallel back to that is that this is more of the Karate Kid part two kind of working its way in. Yes. And that man. Give is us more. Huge. Yeah. Yes, he,
1: he's... Absolutely. He's huge, he towers over Robbie, his arms is very defined, and he can snap Robbie's neck. Easily.
2: His arm is bigger than that boy's head.
1: Yes, yes, it it really is. Now, (laughs) I I really am interested in seeing how this scene plays out, because if they really wanted to harm him that bad, they could have got this guy to do it. So what are they going to hold over Robbie? The look
2: on his yeah, the look on his face says he's looking at something happening in front of him, and it's not necessarily just Cruz with the knife. Um, That you know there there's there's something going on maybe whatever Trey is involved in or part of, and they're trying to stop Robbie from stopping whatever it is, and they're just Ah. like excessive level with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, in kind of what you're saying, like if this does parallel that, uh, you know, that scene in. The Karate Kid Part 2, that that was like Chosen and stuff breaking, you know, the uh, Miyagi's house and, and all that stuff, throwing the stones and all that. So perhaps Trey is doing something and Cruz is like, yeah. no, you're going to stand there and watch.
2: Yeah, we're Chosen was I'll kill Daniel, Taro, Tar- Tar- and Toshio. You guys go, you know, rip the hell out of the garden. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, that that's even more frightening now, thinking about that. that You know, if we thought Robbie was help- helpless now, if he's watching something where he can't even prevent, because he himself can't get out of this headlock, then that's even more terrifying.
2: Exactly. Just like Daniel couldn't protect the garden because he was too busy dying.
1: Right. Oh, my goodness. It's
2: a common Uh, thing with Daniel.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, you can say that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Daniel goes once again to see Johnny, this time in his own dojo. Uh, And Daniel is not happy... And we also got Kreese standing behind them just observing.
2: And being able to, to re-record this episode, I want to do it specifically for this scene. Okay. Because the words that come out of Daniel's mouth I didn't even mention yesterday. And they rip my heart out every single time. And that is, a sensei doesn't teach destruction or disrespect and destruction. Or destruction and disrespect. A sensei does not teach destruction and disrespect. Um, and the tone of voice that he says it with his face looks angry. Mm -hmm. Johnny's Johnny's not really, he's more like irritated. These two spend a lot of time hating each other and not looking at each other like they hate each other. And it's very confusing mixed signals all over the place. Daniel's face looks angry, but his voice sounds desperate. Right. Like, um, if he were saying something along the lines of, we're better than this, Johnny, you're better than this, the tone of voice would match. Like, he's just really, really disappointed and and desperate to stop things from going the way they're going. And then the shot of the two of them facing each other with the man, the I'll call him the puppet master, standing behind them, pulling both of their strings and making them dance.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I want to see, I mean, could we only see... I mean, Aisha, she's just kind of observing. We see the side of Bert, can't get his reaction. I do wonder how the kids are reacting. And I wonder if this has anything to do with, you know, pushing some of the other students out of Cobra Kai.
2: Right. Is this after the mall fight? Or is this after, you know, something else that happens later on? Or is this over something completely, totally non-related that we haven't seen anything of? Um Aisha, actually, to me, she doesn't look angry. She doesn't look like she's judging either one of them. She is listening to what Daniel is saying. Right. Now, whether she agrees with him or not, I can't really tell because she is blurry. But she's looking right at his face. Right. She is listening to what he says, which makes sense for her. She's known him since she was seven years old.
1: That's right. So, That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and I think that, you know, maybe a lot of the kids are starting to listen to what Daniel says. And this may be the point at which those other kids are like, you know, if this is after the mall fight, then the kids are like, you know what, he's right. And I would rather be with him than going down the path that we're on the way down.
1: And then we get a another shot from In the Forest. Uh, this time we got Hawk kicking Miguel into a tree very violently.
2: Very violently back first. I didn't know that spines could bend that far, and you could still stand up again.
1: It was a soft tree.
2: It was, it was a soft <laughs> tree. Um, and, and I know that this is just sparring, and I know that this karate, and you know they hit each other and they hurt each other. It's part of the fun. I didn't understand it when my son wrestled, and I don't understand it now. But this looks a little bit more violent than necessary, especially for two people as close of friends as hawk and miguel are
1: right and he has the, the red mohawk in this scene too
2: yes the red mohawk the red headband which we're all going with the the theory that the red headbands are the crease side of this little exercise and the black headbands are johnny
1: right all right so now we just get a, a shot of crease sitting in johnny's seat in his office uh, with a cigar and johnny's standing there in front of him
2: Right. And after the scene in the woods, we've got Johnny stepping forward. And as he's doing that, um, we get the voiceover of the we need to talk about what you're, you know, putting in my kids' heads. And Crease's answer is the same lessons I taught you. Uh, And then his voice goes over the next sequence because this is when things start really picking up and happening really super fast. um, And it's the strike first, strike hard. Uh, Back to what Johnny is saying. Um, One of my big theories, my big belief, headcanon, if you want to call it that, about Johnny is that he strikes me as very much an adult survivor of an abusive childhood. Not just with Sid, but also with Kreese. The man tried to murder him. And whatever else went on in that dojo as far as making them fight each other, making them fight him, you know, the kinds of things that we're seeing him Doing and saying to these kids and going, Wait, this is not right. He would have done to Johnny when Johnny was 14, 15 years old, too. Yeah. So to hear him actually starting to challenge him and stand up to him, it, it's also, I'm questioning and I have been questioning the whole time why is he letting Crease around his kids when in the first season he made it very, very clear that he hated the man? Why is he, you know, letting him around his kids? As you know, if he is the the whole adult survivor theory, then he's either, you know, trying to hold him off or letting him in just far enough because he thinks he can control his abuser and protect his kids from him, like Mm -hmm. keeping himself in the middle.
1: Yeah, I mean, kind of speak uh, adding to that him being in the middle. Obviously, he's talking to Crease right now because he wasn't around for when Creese was, quote unquote, putting things into his kids' heads. So Creese is overstepping, you know, his place, his welcome. Exactly. Point. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. The implication is that this is happening out of Johnny's earshot.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, so to complete what you were saying, no mercy is actually said by Tori in this voiceover. And the way she says it is so chilling uh, because we've heard Aisha say it in a, in a different way, but this is very, very slow, very, you know, she wants that word to those words to really sink in no mercy. Like the way she says it is very scary.
2: Right. It's not like it's the mantra or the, the motto. It's like it is her way of life. Yeah. It's, yeah, um, this is this is who she is. And then over the, the strike first and strike hard part, we have expanding on this fight at the mall
1: with kids l- laying on the ground. Uh...
2: Right. And the Hawk comes in for the Superman punch. And Robbie is it a hook kick right to his face, knocks him straight out of the air, um, which is I'm assuming what happens to Hawk's eye in all those other scenes when it's busted open. It was from Robbie. Um, and there, then you've got Robbie and Sam like running to D- Dimitri's rescue here. And yeah. Robbie grabs a hold of Dimitri and pushes him down. And then Sam launches herself across Dimitri's back. And she goes after one guy and kicks him in the throat. And then Robbie goes off swinging at another guy. And it the whole sequence, the world that we live in here is this food court at the mall full of people. Not a single one of them calls the police, but they've all got their cell phones out recording these kids beating the living crap out of each other.
1: Yeah, you know, what? I forgot that I said this yesterday too. Like with my initial reaction of the of the trailer, this this fight sequence here, it's nothing like we've seen in the Karate Kid movies. This is very much, you know, I I, I, I use the expression: "This is not your daddy's Karate Kid, not your mama's Karate Kid." You know, this is this is Cobra Kai. Uh, And they're turning up a notch and this, you know, this this fight takes place in a freaking mall, one of the most public places you can be. So all eyes are on them, quite literally.
2: Yes. And it's it's a a little different. And a lot of a lot of the difference, actually, I think comes from when in the movie you had the fight on the beach, you had the fight on the soccer field, you had the push down the hill, the fight at the fence. It was a large group of people against Daniel. Well, now it's two large groups of people right going at each other. So it's going to be bigger.
1: You, you said hill. I thought it was a cliff.
2: Um. Well, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's up to interpretation, okay. depending on whether it's Daniel or Johnny telling the story, I think. Got it. One way or the other, he was one bad fall away from breaking his neck, shattering his skull and dying.
1: This is true. This Believe is true. it or not. Uh, now, Tori, her appearance is also very different from when we first see her. Uh, you think that, um, I don't. well, I'm not sure if you think this, but you did mention that this could actually be what Tori was. And I thought that maybe that this is her doing what Eli did when he became Hawk. This is her flipping the script and this is a different Tori.
2: Right. And either way, I think she would be flipping it. She would be flipping our perceptions of what she is based on the way we originally see her enter the dojo, um, you know, dressed very demurely ready, you know, ready to fight. It would be ridiculously impractical to show up to karate class and spar with those, those, um, metal beads or whatever they are down the side of her head. And then when she's flirting with Miguel in the the teaser, originally, she's very shy looking, very demure, very, you know, uh, the coy and, and the way she's looking at him. And this is a completely different person.
1: That's right. Yeah.
2: Which one was hiding under which, I don't know.
1: We will find out. We, we will. will. Find out. Yeah. The uh, next shot here, we got uh, Johnny in that other part of the dojo that we have not seen in season one. This is where Hawk was either earlier or later. Uh, I'm not, I am don't know if you have a, a, a thought, but this is where he's standing in front of the Cobra Kai Never Dies stenciled on the wall. And he's talking to Miguel.
2: He looks so broken. Johnny mm-hmm. just looks so broken. In this, and I know it's only you know like three or four frames of each of them, but their reactions. I think you know it, Johnny is in pain at this point, and he's talking to Miguel, and it's entirely possible that Miguel is the only one of his kids left that he really really trusts, because he knows who Miguel is. Right. And you know the the interesting thing, the dynamic when the show first started. You know, you had Johnny and Daniel being who they are, and then you had Miguel was very much Daniel, and Robbie was very much Johnny, and they turned them into themselves. But Johnny is still very aware that there is a whole lot of Daniel in this boy. And whatever he is saying to him, Miguel is taking in, and the look on his face and the little nod he gives him is like, I hear you and I understand you.
1: Yeah. I wonder. This is like one of those pivotal moments where they have an understanding that they are all they have of you know he's he's all he's got and he's all he's got right like that's it. It's just going to be the two of them, and they got to figure right. something out. Yeah,
2: because their world is maybe they're they're they've they've figured out that both of their worlds are going absolutely insane, and at this point, they believe that all they can rely on is each other. Long-term thinking, wishful thinking. That's not true. There are two other people out there that they can both rely on, but none of them are ready to admit that yet.
1: Right, because all their timings so, are bad.
2: Exactly, because <laughs> they have the worst timing in the world.
1: So. Yeah. Uh, and then the next one, we got a, uh, a couple shots here. Johnny is uh, at the at the beach drinking out of a brown paper bag. And shout out to Amy S for breaking our hearts by making it her cover photo.
2: Yes, so now we have to look at it every time we want to talk to Amy. <laughs> um, this one's killing me. And it, when you listen to the song playing in the background, what did I? I, I this this is paired up with the um, "Now You're Gone" line, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, and this is Johnny all alone sitting on the beach, sun going down, crying, drinking again with. Carmen's voice floating, you know, and I'm sure that that is from another scene and doesn't belong here at all saying these things never end well. And at this point that look on Johnny's face, he is about as unwell as he can possibly be. And Daniel is my favorite. Daniel is my baby. He always will be. But Johnny has the ability to break my heart into a million little shattered pieces with one look, yeah. and that's the look.
1: That is, that is the look, and there's something to be said about the brown paper bag. This isn't just a regular Coors Banquet. This is something—he is in a funk right now, and that's an understatement.
2: Right. This is this is back to throwing the Jack Daniels at Daniel's face because that's most likely, I'm guessing, what's in the brown paper bag is another bottle of Jack. Oh, wow. He's back into the hard stuff. He's not just sipping the beer anymore.
1: Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. I I thought maybe it was like a, maybe not a 40, but I I didn't even think a hard A, but you could be right. Yeah. Well, even a small bottle, I guess it could have been it. I I don't know. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. All right. And then let's talk about this, uh, running towards one another. I think they're about to run and, and hug each other in the middle of the hallway. We got Robbie and Miguel, or am I misinterpreting that? Is that not what's going on?
2: No, but we do need to go back to the one before because that's where Johnny says, this is not how I, not how I taught you to fight. Ah, and that's so, a big one.
1: So this is probably right after Miguel gets kicked up against a tree.
2: It's, it's definitely during that sequence on the mountain. Um, his headband is already gone. I think in the teaser when Tori kicks Camel Boy, <laughs> who I still have my theory about who Camo Boy is supposed to be. But uh-huh. um, I don't know if that fits anymore with what we've seen from who my theory was. I think he still had the headband on then, but it's gone now. And Johnny has kind of pulled him to the side. There's no one else anywhere near them that we can see. And he's just looking at Miguel and he's like, this is not how I taught you to fight. So at, at, at this point, from what he has seen from the kids on the mountain, I'm guessing this is where he starts questioning just exactly who has been putting what in his kids' heads. Where did it come from? Because this is not what I taught you. Who taught you this?
1: Oh, yeah. And this is a complete, you know, contrast. It's opposite of what we just saw previously, where they were in the dojo together, and that understanding. You know, Miguel's upset.
2: Yeah, Johnny was reaching out, and Miguel was understanding in return. This is much more back to the beginning, where he was chastising them about the way they treated Robbie at the tournament. Mm -hmm. And Miguel is a bit more defiant, like he was then.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh. And then the hug it out moment in the in the hallway. No,
2: that's one way to describe it. <laughs> I, I'll I'll say the, the the scene that you know you've got showing right now. First thing I notice is when did Miguel start color coordinating his shoes with his shirts? Uh, because I don't know very many poor kids that you know have salmon Nikes that they can <laughs> just snap out because they're wearing their salmon sweatshirt that day.
1: Well, perhaps uh, perhaps Cobra Kai has been endorsed. You know, and uh, they're they're getting a little kickback maybe
2: very true um i I think it's 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 worth noting the differences in the way they're running robbie is not yelling he's not making any noise whatsoever right um no one that he is running past has any idea why he's doing it he's just bolting down the hallway towards something as fast as he can and then miguel coming from the other direction screaming hey shoving people out of his way uh trying to get to whatever he's going to My guess is they, this is not them running at each other because they've been at school together all day. This cannot be the first time they've seen each other. I think there is something massive going on in the middle that they are trying to either break up or be part of. Um, and my guess is it's the fight between Tori and Sam.
1: Yeah. And one thing to note as well is Robbie is not wearing his backpack that we saw him wearing earlier. Uh-huh. No, yeah. which would
2: imply that he's you know bolted out of a room and and you know left it behind somewhere um, because it's it's completely gone.
1: Or perhaps that uh, he was ambushed somewhere, his backpack was taken off and he knows that something's going down and is running to that.
2: I didn't even think about that that somebody yeah. was messing with him while they were messing. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: and then Miguel just happens to be there with his bad timing as well. And doesn't even know what's going on. Oh, I'm getting the chills. Right, because
2: it's it's the universe of bad timing. Yes. That's all it is. Uh,
1: So next couple shots, we got the boys uh, with uh, a couple shots of their own, really. We got Daniel kicking the big heavy on the beach. And also...
2: If you look at that one, you can see um, Robbie. It, it, It may not be that particular frame. But Robbie is standing off to the left of him, kind of crumpled over. I don't know if this guy has thrown him, if Daniel has already done something to get Robbie away from him. But Robbie is off to this guy's left.
1: It could um, be. I'm thinking like um what was the what was it when Miyagi comes and saves Daniel, doesn't he do something so that you know Oh
2: god, if they do that I'm gonna lose it. Yeah. Chosen throws Daniel at Mr. Miyagi.
1: Yeah. So He throws
2: it at him. And then Mr. Miyagi catches him to keep him from taking a header into a giant rock and turns his back on Chosen. And that is the only time and the only person that ever lands a hit on Mr. Miyagi in any of the movies. And it's when he had his back turned helping Daniel.
1: So Um, maybe something like that.
2: Oh, gosh, yes. If they do that, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I'm already different from watching (laughs) Ralph, you know, four feet in the air (laughs) with his arms out. And, yeah, so, okay.
1: So, uh, almost a billy. But Johnny punches some dude with gauge earrings, some really big ones, uh, inside a bar.
2: Right. No idea who that person is. There's someone karaokeing over his shoulder. There's some dude with an epically glorious beard at the bar. um, And Johnny's just wailing on some guy at a bar.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much For whatever it.
2: Reason.
1: Way out of context. And yes. so now we see more fighting in the hallway. So we got Tori and Sam. You know, Tori is doing some spin kicks. Um, and then we also. And Sam, Neo. Yeah. Pulling, uh, shout outs to Carrie, uh, aka Rat. Switch, there. You know, the little, little Matrix there. Matrix reference. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we have actor Khalil kicking character Mitch in the back. Uh, also in the hallway so at this point i'm already assuming this is after the mall because at the mall khalil was with with aiden who plays mitch you know so they were together so now at this point there's already that divide
2: right and i'm fairly sure that this is all happening on the first day of school because robbie is there and when we talked about um when we did the og video we were talking about whether or not, you know, Robbie would go back to school, would he keep working for LaRusso? And I had said then that I figured that Daniel would not allow him to work full time since he's only sixteen and he would make him go back to school. By this point, the fact that Robbie is in this high school says to me that not only is he staying with Daniel and Amanda, Shannon has actually granted them guardianship of him.
1: Hmm, interesting. Okay.
2: And this is all going to be that first day because there would be absolutely no way that any of this could happen this quickly and this hugely in the week and a half between um, Monday May twenty first and the end of the school year.
1: Right. It, yeah. It's
2: not even going to be possible. It has so,
1: escalated for sure. Yes. And I don't know how tall Khalil is, but it looks like he got a high enough to you know to kick uh, Aiden here in the back. Oh.
2: Between the shoulder blades, he's got some height on that kick, most definitely. And when he comes back down, you can see the height difference. He's yeah. like a foot and a half in the air. Yep. So that's impressive. Yeah, that's that's very impressive. I think I'm going to like that boy. Yeah, that's a lot. Some,
1: some power there.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to like him a lot.
1: Uh, I feel like there was something else that I kind of commented on uh, about the the hallway here. Oh, yeah, actually. Um, we I think we figured out that there's only two staff members in the school, the biology yes. teacher and Counselor Blatt.
2: Yes. Because this, this fight starts at Sam's locker, I'm assuming. It's it's near where she and Robbie were. It looks like this, you know I mean it's a it's a hallway with lockers in it, but it, it starts out in the hallway and then at some point they go either up or down the stairs uh, to where they're fighting when Tori brings the, the bracelet around. And just a side note on the bracelet, she... I'm a mother of children that have gone through the public school system. She shows up to school with that bracelet on her wrist. She's dress-coded and out the door in five minutes. You are not allowed to wear spikes on your clothes or as jewelry because they are weapons. Right. And what does she use it for? A pair of spiky brass knuckles. Go figure. We all thought that the spike rule was stupid because who's going to punch somebody with their spike bracelet? Well, Well, her.
1: I mean... Counselor Blatt is clearly busy, so she couldn't be security either. So
2: Right. Yep, so she's totally they're it. like fighting <laughs> up and down the halls and they're fighting up and down the stairs. And we've got Robbie and Miguel and, and Miguel screaming and Robbie's running and Khalil's over here kicking Mitch and who knows what all the other kids are, are doing. Is there there's just a huge brawl in the middle of the hallway? And where the hell are the teachers? Any of them. There are open classroom doors in this hallway. You can see them. Where are the teachers?
1: Ah, faculty meeting.
2: And how many of these kids survived the first day of <laughs> school? Because I'm sorry, every single one of these kids is getting suspended.
1: Yeah, Tori. <laughs>
2: Tori's uh, Tory? expelled.
1: That's
2: right. <laughs> Tori's expelled. This is just ah, uh, Do we know she's it's, even it's, a student there? Oh no, we don't.
1: Yeah. So, uh, because you know, I I don't I don't know California. Okay, let me throw that out first. When we saw Tori earlier, when you know, before she does the flip to Miguel and, you know, all of that, she's wearing a shirt that says Santa Cruz. I don't know how far that is from Reseda or Encino, any of that.
2: I have no idea. Yeah, so. That would be a question for Amy.
1: Yeah, so uh, that, that could be something, you know what I mean? Like that shirt that she was wearing that can clue her in from the area she's from and. Perhaps that she did move, she was just there to join Cobra Kai, and maybe she's not a student there, but she is there to get Sam.
2: That's a way around the dress code violation.
1: Yeah. So, or, I, I know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Are you ready for the last sequence of the trailer? <laughs>
2: I, am, I am never ready for this last scene, ever. I, I won't be the day it airs. I won't be a year from now. I will never be ready for this scene.
1: So, I'll set it up. You know, it, okay. it it um it takes place in Johnny's apartment. Daniel and Johnny about to bring it on as Johnny says. You know, they're they're about to get down here and and uh and dance, but uh Johnny's front door is open. I don't know if da- Daniel came in and left it open, did somebody run out of the front door, but I did make this comment uh to you yesterday that what if you know, the Daniel's head snapping backwards after that kick. What What if this is something in the heat of the moment that Johnny just kind of imagines in his head and then he snaps to reality and you know what? I'm not I'm not going to do it.
2: Um, I, I'll say the same thing now that I said, then, God, I hope you're right. Um, and that this is second season's version of the pretend you're going to hit the guy, but don't actually hit him.
1: Right. Just, uh, Um, well, that make the the fist,
2: but don't punch someone. That's right. If this is all taking place in Johnny's head that I can deal with. If this is taking place in reality, I don't know what I'm going to do.
1: Yeah. I, you and the millions of people that are watching this show, uh, we're not ready for it. And for them to throw it in the trailer, Uh, you know, Sony and whoever cut it. (sighs)
2: Right. And when, when they first announced that they were going to release the trailer, we were talking about it on Tumblr and I actually went back and I was like, I'm pretty sure I said this. And I went back and I, I saw my, my reblog on it today. And yes, I absolutely did. I said, there's only one scene that I am afraid is going to be in it as long. But, and, and then I said something along the lines of, but there's no way they would put that scene in the trailer. And then they did, and I. It's like we know it's coming. We've all known it was coming from the very first, you know, opening seconds of Ace Degenerate. We've known that at some point these two are going to get into it.
1: Yeah, and the the look of rage on both of their faces too. Johnny's been waiting for this.
2: Yes, they both have. They both have. They they both have so much shit wrapped up in each other. But none of it really has anything to do with each other anymore. Uh, Johnny's issues come much more from Crease and his own feelings of failure, which I have zero doubt were handed to him in combination between Sid and Crease. The whole, you're not good enough for anybody but us to ever care about thing. And then Daniel's issues with Cobra Kai are much more about Crease and Terry and Mike than they ever really were about Johnny. And they just, they see each other as the embodiment of these things that they hate and can't deal with, but they're not actually those things. And it, one thing I do remember very clearly saying yesterday, because it's something that I feel very, very strongly part of the reason why this scene kills me the way it does is because I do not believe that this is Johnny Lawrence Mm Mm-hmm. This version of Johnny has been pushed so far beyond himself that he just doesn't want to, he doesn't know what to do anymore and he's striking out and Daniel at this point has to be so full of fear and frustration and these horrible memories and they've both got PTSD like, whoa. And I know Daniel is not Daniel because this is not Daniel, but for them to reach this point and what has to have happened to them to push them this far scares the hell out of me. Right. So that's my big speech. Also note that at one point Daniel is having a hell of a hard time standing up straight and he still stands up and pulls his fists back Yeah. because Daniel LaRusso doesn't have to be able to stand up to fight. He's just a stubborn little shit and he's going to fight no matter what.
1: I like it. I like it uh this trailer was everything um i feel bad for those that decided to skip out on it because they don't want spoilers but uh definitely some really amazing things to come for sure and i don't know if anybody's ready for it as much as we want to say april 24th can't come soon enough
2: absolutely it cannot and i really need to i really need to know that uh, the 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 scene that they cut it off on Infuriates me because the way Daniel's head snaps back is not healthy for any forty-nine-year-old on the planet. I don't care who you no. are, and I, I, I really need to know that he gets back up from that really, really quickly. I need to know that, but yeah.
1: So everybody knows. Tweet at her.
2: <laughs> no, don't, don't.
1: <laughs> okay, never mind. Don't spoil it.
2: Nope. I'll find out when everyone else does on April twenty-fourth.
1: So um yeah very exciting stuff can't wait for season 2. Uh so now we're going to get into our listeners feedback or members feedback rather because uh, I don't think uh everybody's a listener but um this is from our Facebook group page uh which you can go on Facebook and search b group. If this is something that might interest you consider joining our group. Uh the words period are also spelled out just shoot us a request and we'll grant you access. Uh, but I post threads and things of that nature for, you know, kind of a one-stop shop for, like, a specific topic or discussion. And we have a – it was a very lively uh, interaction, I think, in this particular thread.
2: Yeah, it really was. There's a lot of people had a lot of thoughts. Go figure.
1: Oh, a lot of thoughts. And, you know, I asked him to keep it brief, too, because we didn't want to spend an hour reading them. Um, But uh, with the first comment here is from Bobby W. He says, from day one, I said that I thought Johnny and Daniel would have to join forces against Kreese. And just from the little bit that we see here, I think, I mean, I think it's a good idea. I don't think they have to, but I think it's a good idea, too.
2: Oh, I think they have to. I just don't think they're ready to admit that yet.
1: Sure, sure. You know, I was thinking about something um, earlier today, and kind of just touching back on that, that last sequence, um, even if it's not a a dream, you know, or a uh, kind of a daydream of Johnny's where he kicks Daniel in the head, what what if that was real? Do you think we could see the return of the drum technique used by Daniel?
2: If you were to take my two biggest fears about that scene and put them into words, my first biggest fear or the the, the second biggest fear, I guess, would be that Johnny is going to hurt Daniel. My biggest fear is that Daniel is going to hurt Johnny. Right. Because uh, of the two, legitimately, honestly, one of them has the ability to kill people with his bare hands and it's not Johnny. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to see him go that far at
1: all. Right. And I, I can't imagine him going that far, obviously. And No, I can't. Now with Johnny has to lead. <laughs> right,
2: That's not Daniel. He couldn't bring himself to kill someone who was trying to kill him. Right. Um, I, I don't want to see them hurt each other at all.
1: Which, okay, so we're, I think it's safe to assume that he will not kill Johnny. Do you yeah. think we can see him uh, honk the nose of Johnny? No, no, I okay. hope not
2: because I think that would be going a bit too far into the cheese land. Oh,
1: right. Fair enough, fair enough. I thought I'd ask anyway, since we've been kind of seeing some parallels to uh, Mosley karate kid part two. I would say right,
2: but I understand why you asked the question. But sure, I sure. <laughs> <not>. <laughs> All right. Next comment was from uh, Rick. Rick. Rick, and his comment is: Crease is real, and he is spectacular. Um, One of those statements
1: is true, right? Right. I
2: will agree (laughs) with the first half of that statement and disagree with the second. Although Martin Cove is spectacular, I I do not feel the same way about John Kreese, obviously.
1: Sure, sure. Spectacular is a word, and John Kreese is something. Uh, Real, I agree with as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. Next one comes from Amy D., Just emotional from the trailer, the fights are amazing, but you can see from the emotions of the characters running so high, almost to the breaking point. This season, the story is going to be a layered one and really affect the viewer. Uh, Yes, because we've already been affected by the trailer.
2: (laughs) Right. If, If just the trailer brings about this level of hysteria, I don't even want to think about what the evening of April 24th is going to be like. It's going to be absolutely Insane. Give us all six hours and watch the internet explode.
1: Yeah, yeah. People are going to be all over Twitter and talking about whatever the hell they want to talk about and spoiling a bunch of things. So, you guys, you know, you might want to consider staying off Twitter as well for a few days.
2: <laughs> Twitter and Facebook. And I, as far as Facebook goes, I will apologize in advance to people who live on the other side of the planet. Apparently, right. we are not yeah. even going to give you the opportunity to get out of bed. And I feel I, I feel horrible about that, but I also understand that when you have... I mean, after I watched season one, I could not wait to get on Twitter and start screaming about it. So I also understand that motivation.
1: Right. So. Uh, and I do know that there are people in our group that um, aren't as active in the group, but they do listen uh, to the show. So just in case you guys... Have not seen the uh, announcements in our group. Uh, as we get closer to the 24th, I will turn on uh, post approval only. So that way, you know, the admins and, you know, moderator, we can uh, kind of screen, you know, everyone's post for potential spoilers.
2: Yes, I envy you your ability to do that.
1: <laughs> uh, well, you know, all you gotta do is ask, and I can make you, you know, give you such. Powers. Oh no, not that! <laughs> no, I
2: don't envy you that ability.
1: <laughs> oh, um, oh,
2: just the the ability to have um, it, 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 thousands and thousands and thousands of posts flying at you. I wouldn't even want to think about having to push the button every time somebody posted something.
1: You know, I, I am. I, I probably will need some some more help. Just the fact that uh, I don't. I don't know what my work week's gonna look like. Obviously, and. Uh, I could potentially be, you know, so busy that I am, you know, rarely checking my phones, And I'm sure all the peoples are going to want to post some things. So, we'll see. We'll see. Um, This this is the first time I'm having to do anything like this. Uh, Obviously, the group is less than, you know, just months old, really. And... um, You know, I I think it'll be all right. I think it'll be okay as long as we can screen everyone's posts. You know, we can filter out anything that might be spoilery. Uh, We're gonna have posts for discussions, uh, spoiler discussions as you're watching each episode. But then we'll have separate ones for uh, feedback for our reviews. So um, you know, it's it's all about managing and and as long as everyone's following the rules, I think everything will be all right. I think you know we probably won't get too many spoiler spoilers uh, in our group.
2: Right, and, and personally, I'm already known as that Miyagi-Do bitch in a few places on Facebook, so We're I have proud. no problem becoming a, <laughs> you know, becoming that in other places, too. I, I wear that crown proudly, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. Damn co-bros. All right, all right. Uh, next one to you.
2: Kaz M. Like everybody else who watched the trailer, my jaw reached ground zero. I am happy to see Daniel bringing back his balance. When he referred to the students as kids, unlike Kreese, who called them soldiers, you can tell automatically what the bonsai crew are up against, a brutal storm that no umbrella can shield. Uh, I think Chosen's quote from Karate Kid 2, maybe trouble looking for you, is the theme here. Lastly, I'd like to hear Peter and Tom's input on how the cement training works. Um, I'm just going to say very quickly, Kaz, I love the way you use the English language. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Everything you say, every comment you make, is poetic, and I adore it. He
1: he might be some type of writer.
2: Um, he looks like if he's not a writer, <laughs> he's becoming one very quickly. <laughs> yeah, um, we, he's uh, got some things coming. Yes yes. yes, yes, things that make me very excited. I can't wait.
1: Uh, a couple things there. I love that quote from Chosen. I, I think you know if you guys listen to uh, our show, I, Chosen despite some of those really bad qualities about him I love that character it was just you know as a kid it's like, hey he reminds me of my uncle that that's that's really it that's the story and obviously it helped you know with the interview with uh, Yuji Okamoto it, it I think he was having fun you know kind of reminiscing a little bit getting nostalgic with us um, that's one of my favorite interviews if you guys missed out on that go back and check that out Uh, Secondly, Tom was not able to join on this episode for the obvious because of spoilers. But uh, Brianna, you and I, we did kind of give our thoughts a little bit on uh, the cement training. So I don't know how close we were to what's going on, but I think teamwork is the idea there.
2: Teamwork, and either that or turning them all into statues that Johnny can stand around the dojo at various (laughs) intervals.
1: I like it. Uh, And uh, one last thing, you know, and we'll move on. Uh, Kaz, give him a follow on Instagram, Cyberpunk underscore Chill. I don't know if it's Chill or Chills, but uh, he's got a lot of great content, videos, uh, art, and and things of that nature. Uh, He does some YouTubing as well, so check him out.
2: Incredibly talented, incredibly talented,
1: absolutely. Uh, so I'm glad he found our group and uh, contributes uh, quite a bit. So uh, more more reason to join the group, really.
2: Absolutely. The more content, the better.
1: That's right. Uh, the next one is from our Italian friend, Chiara C., uh, she says, this trailer is fantastic. These authors are superb, and the cast is perfect. The premises for the new season are excellent. It will be a masterpiece. Uh, she said, these authors, I didn't catch that when we recorded yesterday. I'm, uh, I'm assuming she means writers. So a little inside baseball, Chiara from Italy. She does not speak a lick of English, and when she interacts with people in the group, she spells them out in Italian and has Google translate them into English to, uh, in, uh, to converse with us.
2: And I will say the same thing that I said originally. That impresses the hell out of me. That is dedication. That is love. Um, when you can't find anyone, I spent thirty five years unable to find anyone to geek out about these movies with. And I speak the same, you know, the same language as everyone around me.
0: Yeah.
2: To have to go that extra mile and translate it into another language—that is just a whole level of love and devotion above what I could ever aspire to and yeah. she is the queen absolutely
1: and and for that hard work that she does you know I can't help but you know reciprocate that to her you know I'll write something out in English translate that to Italian and reply to her in that way so if you guys ever see me speaking in Italian that's why
2: and that is incredibly sweet of you I oh, love well.
1: that. You know, she she's found us pretty early on, and she likes everything you know that I post on Instagram, and so she's pretty active for being a non English uh, uh, member. You know, non English speaking member. Um, and and also, I had no
2: idea. I've I've had conversations with her here tell. and on Twitter, and I had yeah. no idea.
1: That's right. Yeah, she is on Twitter as well, um, and also uh, Rick uh, at one point was asking the group to submit videos to, you know, make this little uh You're the Best. And I didn't know at the time, but it was actually a tribute to the group and our podcast. So, you know, shout-outs to Rick, 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 Rick. But um Kiara submitted, like, a really brief thing of her singing to, I think, a hairbrush uh, to You're the Best. So... Again.
2: that's fantastic I yeah. love that video I love yeah. that video it's a you, great and Matt, video. you and Matt are the you and Matt Lewis are the stars of that video <laughs> absolutely
1: Oh yeah shout out to Matt Lewis yeah for for being a good sport and and submitting a little something too he, he was really rocking out wasn't he
2: he was absolutely <laughs> well, he used to be, Ron. that's right just being <laughs> the
1: band um all right next one to you
2: Michael M still featless my heart races every time I watch it the high school fight in the hallway is the last episode mark my words. Um, right. I think you know I do? have a tendency to agree with him. If it's the cruel summer, then I think it makes sense that we start with the last, you know, the end of, of school and, and end with the beginning of school. It makes right.
1: sense. Right. Um, and I may be spoiled, too, that uh, maybe, you know, because sometimes people, maybe one person in particular likes to screenshot me things from IMDB and, and screw things up for me. Um so, you know, if that's something that you you think might be a good idea, please do not do that. Because, you know, if I want to see who's in certain episodes on IMDb, I'll look it up myself. But um, I have reasons to believe that, you know, Michael might be right. Oh. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. You know, you, you guys know how to search things yourselves. So if you so want to stay look off for it,
2: IMDb until April 25th.
1: I, I would agree with that. Yes, yes. Because some, some of the cast has already been listed in there, so...
2: Oh, I thought they weren't doing that because they didn't do that last year until May, May like third or fourth.
1: I wonder who controls that though. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if the actors themselves can also input themselves in there.
2: I don't know, or if it's yeah. public, is it like a Wikipedia thing? Is it public input? I I don't know.
1: I I'm thinking like maybe if they had IMDb Pro, they might be able to. Oh. But I I'm not very familiar with um having that, so.
2: Yeah, I don't want that level of, of knowledge of the episodes in advance, definitely.
1: Right, right, because that, that is spoiler.
2: Right, math.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, next one comes from Amy S. Uh, she has a little note, a little letter for Johnny. Uh, Dear Johnny, please don't hurt Daniel, but also I'm super, super into how high you can kick, and I look forward to you punching that guy in the bar, like, a lot. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish she said that into the audio clip.
2: Oh, I I wish she had. I would her, her cute little voice with that bye. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that would be adorable.
1: Uh, yeah, which by the way, you guys, um, if you want to send in a voicemail, not only can you send a voice clip to our email, but we do have a phone number that goes straight to a voicemail. Um, ever since I started, well, when I remember to pimp it out, uh, I think I've had three or four people call and just hang up. You know, because I get the notifications when people hang up, too. And I have the phone numbers. I'm just like, oh, who are these people?
2: Oh, I had no idea. That's awesome.
1: Just leave a message. Yeah, it's a Google number. I got the Reseda area code 818. Um, Gosh, it's been a while already. I forgot the, is it 265? It's in the show notes if you guys want to check it out. But I do remember it ends with 8684. It's the years Karate Kid 2 and 1, respectively, were released. So I'm trying to make it easy.
2: Not a nerdy phone number at all.
1: No, not, not at all. It's either 265 or 465, but just check the show notes if that's something you'd like to do. If you leave us a voicemail, I'll play it on the show. So, Okay. Uh, Amy continues, all of the above are real feelings, but this was my legit immediate reaction as I watched. And she got some timestamps too, and my apologies. I wasn't able to pull up the trailer and kind of describe what was going on, but I think we can kind of get the idea from what she says uh, at these timestamps. Right. At 12 seconds. I screamed yes at 47 seconds i ne- nearly started crying at 105 i laughed at i one bet tw- that's
2: the the wax line
1: oh that could be it um at 125 i was furious ditto at 133 so just seconds later that's talking uh, dimitri okay oh right uh between 135 and 145 i did start crying because both of the boys are struggling Right. I bet
2: that's Daniel and Johnny
1: at the dojo. Okay. At 1.53, I swooned a little. You get it.
2: That's Johnny getting drunk on the beach.
1: That's the damn cover photo on her Facebook. Yes. Uh And also at 2.05, I am just fucking dead. DNR. Do not resuscitate from what I learned.
2: Yes. And that uh, is fight.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? As you can tell at, from her timestamps, she had all the feels. All of them. Oh, every, yes. every bit. Yeah. Every last bit of them.
2: Yes. Her, her reactions run a little bit. Um, mine included, you know, more cursing and obscenities. And instead of that word. Right. Yeah. Instead of the just fucking dead, it was no, 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 Johnny, no. Whole lot of that. Um, mm. Yeah. I think Amy and I are kind of each other's spirit animals at this point. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, next from Dan A. The best of the best can't compare to the rest.
1: A little rhyme there. He yes. must be related to Dr. Seuss, right? Because we're connecting everybody.
2: There we go. Yeah. Oh, exactly. He wrote a, a very simple poem, so therefore he is Dr. Seuss's great grandson.
1: <laughs> I I think you're right. I think we're right. Uh, next one comes from Donald Donald Rice. You know uh, the original. Johnny Lawrence's name. I know I screwed that up yesterday.
2: <laughs> yes, you did, but it was excellent the way you did it.
1: <laughs> Johnny LaRusso. Yeah. Uh, I missed a kick. No. Uh, so he says, I loved seeing Johnny kick LaRusso. I can't get enough of Tori. Hawk is a natural villain, and I can't wait to see his character continue to evolve.
2: Um, I disagree that Hawk is evolving. I think he is de-evolving. He's going in kind of a more animalistic direction than I ever would want to see Eli go. But right. he's definitely uh, – Hawk is a natural villain. It, it's kind of strange because I, I don't know if they intended it this way or not. Um, but I'm kind of getting Hawk and Eli as two separate people inhabiting the same body. And I want Eli back because mm. I'm not a real big fan of Hawk, but I love Eli.
1: So. Mm, I wonder if we're going to get a, a similar scene that we did in Superman 3, where uh, Superman kind of fights the b- bizarro Superman, you know?
2: Was no? that 3 or 4? It was 3. 4 was, was, three? was
1: Nuclear Man, yeah.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. It would be interesting You see, like, the showdown in the mirror, you know? Like yeah. a Lucifer, Sam and Lucifer thing from Supernatural? I believe. When you. They're arguing at each other in the mirror. You've not I, seen that.
1: I um, Supernatural is not a show I watch. However, uh. I know that there was an episode that was very much like Back to the Future. Several. Oh, oh. They, they, well, hey.
2: But they, the definitely, they the one specifically where Dean went back in time and met their parents as kids, and like convinced his dad to buy their car and all of that. So yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, I might have to watch it just for that alone. Uh, I, I saw bits and pieces. I didn't watch the whole thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I think, I don't know if somebody was telling me it was on or uh, maybe I was just channel surfing and just happened to land on that. You know, it was density. I mean, destiny. Um, There you go. Somebody got it. (laughs) Dad jokes, (laughs) I got him. Um, Let's see here. Uh, He continues for you or did you start? Uh,
2: No, Dorian T. Got it. Okay. Um, At 13 seconds, Kreese has been training for the past 35 years to come back on top. This just proves how tough he really is. At 129, Kreese has found his new Johnny. At 135, Daniel's speech about destruction and disrespect hit me at my core. And I swear if I hear, mind your own goddamn business, Daniel, I am going to scream because this time he's right. (laughs) Without sounding like a preacher, I say this because I am studying karate and I am going for my senpai course. It was a very relatable scene because a sensei, sensei why do I say that wrong every time? Because a sensei should always bring out the best in their students. Not the worst. Um, first of all, give it up for the 72-year-old man. Old man still got it.
0: That's Absolutely, right. Yeah.
2: Um, and I kind of, I mean, th- there's a reason that I challenged someone to debate a Daniel fan on the air. Um, Dorian's not the only one who's tired of hearing, mind your own goddamn business, Daniel. Because yeah. if Daniel minded his own goddamn business, we'd be minus three movies and an entire TV series.
1: You, you know, I, I'm sure there's not, um, I mean, there, there's people, there's a lot of people that aren't a fan of that uh, that saying. I do wonder, the ones that might be a fan of those, would they buy a t-shirt with such a saying? Let me know, um, let me know.
2: You know what? As much as I adore Daniel and as big of a Daniel fan as I am, I might buy that t-shirt. because <laughs> I think It's funny. Yeah, really yeah. Is, and and the way he delivers it is is excellent, and the times that he delivers it at have always been like bang on, and they do make me laugh. And do I, I have, do have any sayings? Like do you have any sayings?
1: Yeah, I, I'm 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 probably very vanilla. I, I I would think. I don't know if I have anything that I repeat.
2: Yeah, I don't think you. I'd like if if Tom were to have a catchphrase, it would be mind your own goddamn business, Daniel.
1: Right. I don't think I have one. I
2: don't know if you have one.
1: I'm too boring.
2: I don't have one yet either, but I've only done three of these, so...
1: I say absolutely a lot.
2: I say um. is yeah, So do
1: I. I say um and uh quite a bit, actually.
2: Like, dude.
1: <laughs> same. Same. The, 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 you know what? I can see those on t-shirts.
2: There you go. Yeah.
1: All right. Okay. Uh, was that all of it? Mm-hmm. That, I think that was. Okay. That was all of Dorian. The next one comes from Alex D. This trailer had my heart racing and my breath taken all at once. That's that's pretty crazy. Uh, I had to rewatch it immediately. What a great trailer. April 24th needs to come now. And sir, you're speaking to the preaching to the choir.
2: Yes, absolutely. It needs to be April 24th. I need to wake up tomorrow and it is April 24th. And then we can just get on with this thing.
1: If I could just have a time machine that can take me to the future so I can watch it and come back in and uh, let you guys know what it was like.
2: That sounds like, um, that would be an excellent ride. I, I bet I think you know where you could get one, right? They're bringing DeLoreans back into production, I've heard.
1: They are. And all you need is a flux capacitor. How hard is that to find? I don't, I, you know.
2: And, and and unrefined uranium. I mean, it's just lying around everywhere, right?
1: Well, they're at every corner um, uh, drugstore, you know, Absolutely. According, according to 50, 1955 Doc. So.
2: And if not, shout out to Rick Rick Rick. You can... <laughs> Power it with cores.
1: <laughs> this is right. This is very true. <laughs> Shout out to Rick's uh, meme. Matter of fact, it was just shared earlier today. We saw it.
2: Yes, it was. That's why I thought of. It.
1: And uh, but but somewhere uh, Rick jumps in um, in the middle of Dorian's. Uh, well, Dorian had quite a lot to say, but Rick does jump in with "balance is my thing," which I'm not sure if that's a knock on Daniel.
2: Could be. I I, I think it, I think it could be. If it's not, it probably should be. Um, because I know that Daniel thinks balance is his thing, but at the moment it's really not. And my baby is a little wobbly, um, probably as wobbly as any weevil has ever been.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And true that...
2: children of the eighties understand exactly what I'm talking about. He's not exactly balanced at the moment.
1: No, he's not. If anything, he's quite delirious. Uh, you know, when he was speaking with, uh, Amanda, it might've been a little loopy, you know, with that, uh, Samuel Adams.
2: Right, and the looking 12 and sounding 12 and all of that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. not exactly a, a balanced 49 year old man speaking. No, no. Uh, next comment comes from Ron Y, and it's Erm my gerd, my ferviture.
1: <laughs> I, I wish he said a little bit more, but I agree with all that.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, every word.
1: <laughs> every single word. Uh, uh, the next one comes from Christopher B. It was a bit of a whirlwind. I only watched it once, so it doesn't totally spoil the season for me. It did get me pumped though. Uh Chris, I Christopher, I agree with all of that, but if you're listening to this, you probably been spoiled more than you wanted to be.
2: Potentially. Then again, there's the very real possibility and probably we we're completely wrong about yeah. everything that we just spent the last 2 hours saying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, let's I don't know. Do we want to hope that we're completely wrong because then we're still surprised and You know, that that we were wrong?
2: No, because I really want your theory about the fight to be right. (laughs) I want that to be like a a drunken hallucination that Johnny's having. I don't want that to be real.
1: Yeah, no. You know, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Um,
2: Um, Then we got Rob S. I wonder if the lines are blurred for any of the characters. Um, From my perspective, that's a big fat yes. Mm-hmm. And it's for all of the characters. I don't know that any of them really know right from wrong, from up, from down at this point, other than the puppet master who is making them all dance.
1: That's right. Uh, one sensei, John Kreese. Yes. Yep. Uh, the next one comes from John L. He says, Hawk is the new Johnny Lawrence. Um, I think that... I'm not sure if this is what he means, but could it be that Hawk has uh, kind of taken over as the Johnny Lawrence from the first Karate Kid in, uh, since he creases eyes?
2: I think it's possible if he's just talking about Crease looking to restore his number one student, his favorite student, you know, someone that he can take under his wing and, and mold into what he wants them to be. We know he is very adept at brainwashing children. Uh-huh. To be something they're not, and since Hawk is already headed that direction, I could see that. Um, and then Kevin S replies, and I I do tend to fall in line more with what Kevin says, more like the new Dutch. And I I really think that Hawk is Dutch two point
1: Right, right. Uh, the next one comes from Jesse K. I know it's a trailer, and it's supposed to be supposed to build tension, but. I hope that all the cobras aren't as far gone as Sam implies. Karate cult. I hope there, there are just as many or more Johnny Cobra as there are Chris Cobra.
2: I do agree with that. I do agree with him. Um, I think I, I hope that Ayesha stays with Johnny. I'm really hope that Miguel does because if Johnny loses Miguel and Robbie both. I really don't think there's much hope for him of ever finding himself if he loses the two people that are most important in the universe to him. Um, I'd like to see Bert stay with Johnny. Mm-hmm. I'd like, honestly, I want to see them all stay with Johnny right, because right. Johnny loves his kids.
1: He does. They make him better.
2: Yes, they make him a better man. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, the thought of Creese having control or input into any of these children's lives just sets my teeth on edge.
1: It's, it's very scary. Them, very yeah, scary. I want
2: them all to stay with Johnny.
1: Yeah.
2: And then Susanna B., last comment. The fights look really intense. I'm a mix of excited and scared, and I'm sure the serious cliffhanger will involve someone getting seriously hurt. But who?
1: And unfortunately, she might be correct in all of that.
2: I uh, Yeah, and that has been just from things that the big three have said that Hurwitz has said in Q&A's little things they've mentioned in interviews here and there, that the fandom will riot if YouTube does not renew for season three, um, that the last episode is is one that we'll be talking about for years, that they had just filmed one of the most brutal fights they had ever been involved in filming, and then Paul Walter Hauser's Instagram reaction of watching The season finale, where he's just got his eyes as big as saucers and his hand over his mouth, like, oh my god, I have never doubted that we are going to end season two with at least one character, possibly more, very, very hurt. And it's a toss up as to who it it could be.
1: I think it's interesting that John Hurwitz also used the word, you know. The listeners were the viewers will riot. Well whatever yes. the word he was, but he used the word riot. I wonder if that is a clue to anything. You know, is there a not a riot at school, but is there like a big brawl at school? You know, I mean we kinda see a little bit of it, you know, maybe that's just the you know, just scratching the surface a little bit. They have not shown us something even bigger. But right.
2: very They're scary. Just, um I would say that definitely the riot does kind of line up with what we've seen going on at the school. And, you know, God knows what's going on at the apartment. We know that those two things cannot happen at the same time. Does one cause the other? Or, yeah, I I don't know. And I want to know, but I don't want to know. Right. Yeah. It's the perpetual fangirl problem. You want to watch the show, but you don't really want to watch the show because you know it's going to break you.
1: Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, thank you for saying that because I was just about to say, I don't know if we can handle uh, like a trailer number two. You know what I mean? Uh, If if this was already kind of spoilery, like what else can you show us that's not going to give us the entire season? So I hope from here on out, they're just going to give us promotional stills and character photos, you know, like they did with season one.
2: Yes. um, I, I, I did some calculating yesterday. And if not counting the SXSW footage, where you know they either saw the what was it, the first two episodes or the entire season,
0: first two, um,
2: and then the the media that have seen the entire thing and all of that, anyone who has been lucky enough to be at every event, every convention, um, and then the Fathom event, and then all of the trailers and sneak peeks, we have been given roughly sixteen minutes of canon. Um, that have been presented in different ways. And going by what Hurwitz has said, as far as runtime on the overall season, last year it was right around five. He said the runtime this year is a little bit more. So I'm guessing five and a half to six hours. We've got 13 minutes of six hours and it's already driving me nuts. I cannot stand getting any more. Right. until we get that full six hours and I can sit down at noon on April 24th, assuming, hoping that it drops at noon on April 24th um, and I can sit there from lunch until dinner doing nothing else.
1: My, I, I know this would suck for a lot of other people, but I, I would like for it to drop at midnight, you know, so the late uh, 23rd because I have that day off, so I can stay up, watch everything, and just sleep the rest of the, of the morning. Uh,
2: okay, but those of us that have to get up and go to work.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm being selfish.
2: <laughs> I, 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 yeah, but, you know, look me in the virtual eye and tell me that you think I would not stay up all night to watch it if it dropped at midnight. Oh, I would fair. absolutely be done by 6 a.m., and I would be shooting five <laughs> hours and monsters all day long. <laughs>
1: Hey, I like monsters myself, but yeah, I, um, our scheduled days off are set up a certain way where I was able to look ahead to see if that's my scheduled day off. And it is. And I told manager Jeff, I was like, oh, I know what I'm doing that day. I'm, you know, I'm going to be sitting at home watching the show. He goes, Oh, sounds like you're working to me or something like that. I'm just like, mm, Hmm, we'll, we'll, we'll see about yeah, that.
2: You're, you're doing research for your second job, yeah,
1: the yeah, job exactly. you
2: love as opposed to the job you need.
1: That's right. That's right. I like that. Uh, all right, well, and I would
2: like to, to second one thing that you did say. Okay. A purely purely selfish mm-hmm. motivation here.: Yes, I need the new cast photos, because someone is apparently a little perturbed that he's not on the season one poster that I made, and I can't put him on a season two one until I have a photo of him.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I can't yeah. put
2: anyone on a season two poster until I have photos of them.
1: Yeah, we would like some new stuff. I mean, it, to be fair, we have some new stuff. They're harder to get, and they're also full of red.
2: Oh, my gosh. Yes. It, it, it is, yes. I'll, I'll leave it there. there. Some of them are some beautiful shots, like when they put the promo together for WonderCon yeah. of the photos sliding across each other. I'm like, okay, these photos are, are gorgeous. These are fantastic. I need these. But everyone is orange because they're overlaid on the red background and right. I don't know how to make them not orange. Hmm. I'm, I'm not that talented.
1: Well, if somebody out there knows how to do that, please give her a holler.
2: It's also ridiculously small. I need, the, I need to. Pick <laughs>
1: <ones>. <laughs> there you go. All right. So that wraps up our feedback. Thank you to everybody in the group that left that for us. Um, speaking of feedback, we have something like a feedback. We actually have a new review that I uh, kind of wanted to get into briefly. Uh, this one, uh, thank you so much. This actually was from Robert Knightrider. Uh, he gave us a five star, so thank you, Robert. Uh, his his uh, subject says, CKK shows no mercy. Uh, which is our show, I'm assuming. From the very first episode, Peter and Tom have delivered the all-around best podcast when it comes to Cobra Kai and the Karate Kid universe. Their in-depth interviews are unmatched. This show is one that you must subscribe to for behind-the-scenes info and the latest and greatest in the world of the Karate Kid. Thank you so much, Robert. really appreciate that. It's very kind words.
2: I agree with every word he said.
1: From a listener
2: perspective, absolutely. You guys are the
1: top. You don't have to butter me up to be on the show. Come on now.
2: Well, it, it, <laughs> I'm, I'm still kind of flabbergasted as to how this entire thing happened in the first place. So <laughs> uh, right. I'll just ride the you wave as long as it, it lasts. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, not only thank you, the listeners, for your guys' continued support. Obviously, without your guys' interactions and and support you know we don't know how much harder we would be working out to pump out all this incredible content you know maybe we would have just done episode reviews and that's it you know like some of the other shows out there that have been idle for you know a few months but you know it's you guys that keep us going and we appreciate it but also brianna i appreciate you for your extensive research, your hours of commitment to rewatching this incredible trailer and bringing in your screenshots so we can review it scene by scene.
2: Well, you're welcome because that makes me seem like less an obsessive, raving fangirl and more someone who was doing it for not research. purely selfish reasons. That's right. It's yes. research. That's it. Absolutely.
1: We want, we want to be thorough.
2: Absolutely thorough, and if we're going to be thorough, and we're going to be talking about social media, congratulations on being retweeted by the fearless leader himself.
1: That's right. That's right. I was uh, trying to start a campaign. Is is there another uh, better word for that? Um, basically, a viral
2: marketing, a word of mouth viral yeah. marketing campaign. Yeah,
1: I I still believe Cobra Kai is one of the most underseen. Uh, shows as of late. You know, in 2018 Ron Tomatoes awarded it a Golden Tomato for Best TV Drama of 2018. It still maintains 100% score. Um, And I I know that the whole YouTube premium thing is holding people back, but if we can just get that tweet to to spread, I I feel more people will try to watch it. Season 2 is around the corner. Share it with your friends, share it with your families. Um, aside from some language, you know, it's really almost like a family show as well.
2: It, it, it well, I mean, a little bit of language. Daniel cusses all through the first one, the oh, first yeah. movie. So, sure. and, and he never actually drops all the F-bombs. He starts, he gets cut off every time he tries.
1: Right. And uh, we get a little bit of that, uh, in season one too.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, Robbie gets to cuss and Daniel doesn't. I'm not entirely sure why. Because Daniel's from New Jersey, the boy cusses. It's mm-hmm. just a. It's just a fact. Yeah. Um, I as far as criminally underseen Emmy voters, we're looking at you. People's yeah. Choice voters, we're looking at you. Uh, Ward shows, people in general. I have never seen such a universally revered and lauded show so completely. Ignored, mm-hmm. um, and one of the one of the promos um, back from the end of season one, someone had sent in a comment that said, "If William Zabka is not nominated for an Emmy, I will crane kick the voter committee in the face, or something like that." And I agree with them; he absolutely should have been, without a doubt.
1: Tell me what the line is, and I will get in that line.
2: Exactly. We'll all yes. we'll just line up. We'll just uh, crane kick. You know, conveyor belt. We got it.
1: Yes, I like that, the conveyor belt. Uh, can we get on like one of the sushi ones so we rotate as well? Like, we keep coming back and kicking? Can
2: oh, that we, yeah. would be, yeah, that would definitely. Yeah. I, I might get a little tired after a while, need a ladder to stand on for the close-ups anyway.
1: Right. Um, and, and I'll say this, and, and we'll wrap it up, but speaking of Emmy nominations, Hirokoda did get the Emmy nod for uh, the stunt coordinator uh, for Cobra Kai in Season 1, with what we've seen so far of season two, I can't see why he wouldn't get nominated again, but God, I hope he wins for some of the things that we've seen.
2: Just, just the little bits of, of fight that we've seen in the trailer, especially the mall fight, the choreography where um, Robbie and Sam are coming and trying to save Dimitri. That is one of the most beautifully choreographed fight sequences I have ever seen on Mm -hmm. television. It's just gorgeous. So he blew, him, he blew himself out of the water. He was Emmy Caliber last year, and he is above and beyond this year.
1: Indeed, indeed. All right, Brianna, so where can listeners find you on the social media should they want to continue this conversation and talk more about the trailer?
2: Um, I don't know that I've left anything out there to chat about, but if anyone <laughs> wants to look me up for whatever reason, I am Brianna25 with an H. Um, that is my username because I'm boring. That is my username on Twitter and Tumblr and YouTube and Instagram, which I don't really understand, but I have one because everyone told me they think I'm an artist and artists should have one, um, on Facebook. I am Brianna Davidson because they won't let me have my number, which, um, really bothers me because I've been Brianna 25 since 1997. Um. When I was twenty five <laughs> and um, if anyone wants to get into the fan fiction side of fandom, drop me a message, and I will tell you where I am in that capacity as well.
1: yes, and you know check the show notes you guys when um, w- when I do these show notes, and whoever's on the show, uh, I try to have the link to their Twitter as their name, so that would be a a good you know reference. Um, or a quick reference, rather, to her Twitter account where you can drop the DM, and I'm sure she'll be happy to share where you can find her fanfic. So for our little show, uh, you can find us on Twitter as well, at Cobra Kai pod on Instagram, Cobra Kai podcast, and just check the show notes for the other stuff like the phone number, the email, the group, uh, the group page, uh, which should take you there as well. So thank you everybody for checking out this episode. Please consider going back and checking out some of the other amazing interviews that you might have missed, especially the one with the big three. Um, They had a lot of great nuggets and it it was kind of nice insight into their minds and how they went about writing and casting and all that good stuff
2: and they know the canon of their universe remarkably well i was impressed
1: yes yes there was a little game we played a little stump the creator so they did very very well uh, i think josh said that uh, it was a b plus i think it was even higher than that um from from what tom calculated at the very end
2: yeah so, it was nine, 9 out of 12 it was it was pretty good they did yeah. really well
1: yeah uh, and, and i don't know math maybe it is a b plus still but 9 out of 12 sounds amazing to me Created on a curve yeah, yeah. So, uh, thanks for being on it again. Uh, thank you, guys, to or thank the listeners, and we'll see you guys next time.
0: Bye.